Hello and welcome to Mildly Pleased, Most and Also Least Anticipated Movies of 2024. This is a podcast featuring Sean Lemmy, John Otney, and Colin Westman. And we're going to try to uh, figure out what the hell's going on with cinema. It's a really confusing time. The industry was already in rough shape, and then there was a big old strike for like half of last year. Um, really kind of fucked up the landscape of 2024. Am I right? I mean, everything is getting pushed. And there's just, there's still like major weekends with like nothing. <laughs> so I think there'll still be stuff that will pop in that'll be like, oh, that's a pleasant surprise. I didn't see this coming. But as of right now, it kind of looks dire. It kind of looks like, ooh. Yes. Not a lot. Which in a way is kind of fun and kind of like a, like, it's fun because it's just like so fucked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. But that then that, that means I I feel like that means twenty twenty five would be like, oh my god, there's too many movies. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I hope so, honestly. Isn't that when the next like Avengers movie is supposed to come out? Remember when they were like, We're gonna make it seven Avengers movies in ten years? Oh god. <laughs> with, well, I, with I don't all know if nobody's in it. That seems like something for more of Collins list. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's not coming out this year, so I can't add it to my. I list. mean, but, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I had plenty of uh, choices uh, for my list of unanticipated movies. Um, I feel like a, like I ran into a lot of movies where it felt like I don't know. These were just like crap things that were in development for a long time, maybe like over the pandemic, and also before the strike and before it kind of started to seem last year, like people are getting tired of the same old crap being uh, put out in theaters in terms of like superhero movies and sequels to very old franchises that no one cares about anymore. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some of that stuff on my list ah, for sure. Can't wait. Uh, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, Who's going first, Sean or Joe? I'll go first. Okay. Um, again, I try to go with more indie and genre-heavy movies, so I, I do make an effort to not include stuff that I think Sean will have. So I think yeah. we might still have, just because it is, I feel like a little lean, I feel like, Sean, we still might have crossover. I think now just maybe on one movie. It'd be, that's my guess. That's hmm, just you movie. think that because I, I, for me, I think there were maybe three or four movies. Well, I've really pared mine down, <laughs> like okay. just because there's stuff I'm like, Sean will have it. I don't need to worry about it. Oh, <laughs> which could backfire. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess to, just to build on that before we hear your first pick, I'm wondering how well you did with your anticipated list last year. How many of those movies did you see, and how many of those did you like? Oh, uh, I assume bad. I have not I have not looked at it. <laughs> yeah, I think I was looking at our list from last year and John's in particular I was like I don't think he even saw half of it. <laughs> well, uh, um. I know at least one of them or maybe a couple of them didn't come out. Let's see. Okay, yeah. I, I got it up now. Exodus didn't see it. Challengers didn't come out. Poor thing. Saw it. Iron Claw. I didn't see it. Blackening <laughs> didn't see it. I saw the TV glow didn't come out. Bottom saw it. Bo's afraid saw it. Indiana Jones saw it, and the boy in the heron saw it. So I, yeah, I saw a half and a half about. It. <laughs> so I'd say, well, yeah, 
I, I know, Sean. You, you saw like all of yours. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to brag that last year was, I think, the first time ever I saw all of the movies on my anticipated list yeah. in theaters that were in theaters. The, only, the one exception is The Killer was just a Netflix movie. But I did see it in 2023. So I actually saw my whole list last year, which really feels against all odds because it didn't all like so many things got delayed. Yeah. Uh, and pushed out of 2023, but I still managed to do it. And I liked all of it, except for Fast X. <laughs> I mean, also a big part of this is, is sometimes we're picking movies that aren't going to be out for like 10 months or, or something. And then you finally yeah. see a trailer, and you're like, that's what I picked? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's like, you know, it really reminds me of when me and my dad used to pick, uh, you know, movies for the Oscars. And they'd always come to like uh, short form animation or short form documentary. And, you know, this is like early 2000s. We hadn't seen any of this. So you just, we, we'd have our picks and you'd see like the little the little clip. And you're like, oh, shit, that's what I picked. That's not winning. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like that. I mean, you, you have a synopsis, a title. Most of mine, I do not have a release date. So <laughs> I'm going to guess just looking at mine, there's a chance at least a couple of these don't come out. I think, but I feel like most of them will. I feel I'm feeling good this year. Wow. I'm not, I, right. I'm not feeling good that they'll come out. Not feeling good that I'll see them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I will. Well, let's see, hear it. I think I will see my number ten because it's by a filmmaker, and I saw his last couple film, last three films, and loved all of them. And that's Sean Baker's new movie, Anora. Which, if you go to Wikipedia, there's nothing on it, but I saw some synopsis somewhere else that it is about sex workers, I think, in, like, uh, upper-class New York. Uh, and it stars Mikey Madison. She was in uh, Scream in one of the supporting roles, like the recent Screams. And I believe she was in Once a Time of Time in Hollywood as one of the Manson family people. I, I want to say one of the ones that got killed with the flamethrower. <laughs> But, you know, it's like Sean Sweet. Baker movies. It's not like there's going to be, like... It's usually, like, a... Not, there's not, like, a lot of big names in most of his movies. It's usually, like, real people mm-hmm. that he casts. But, like, Red Rocket was, like, my number two when that came out. And Florida Project made my list. I don't think Tangerine made my list, but it did make my honorable mentions that year. Um, so, you know, just... I feel just like you're f- the only person who saw Red Rocket. <laughs> I, I love Red it. Rocket. It's I, so yeah, for funny. Some reason, for some reason, I just didn't get around to it. I think it was... Maybe I was just being sparing that year with what movies I chose to see in theaters because yeah. of Omicron. Um, and I just did the, the Transformer. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, wait, that's Unicron. Unicron. <laughs> my, my apologies to the Transformer fans listening to this. I'm going to get fucking oh, roasted. I mean... I'm going to get more roasted later on. Oops, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> go but, on. Did but, you have more to say about Oh, that? I just can't say, but I like Sean Baker. Um, I like his, yeah. he's one of the first people, like famous people I ever saw on Letterboxd. But yeah. I was always mad that he wouldn't say if he disliked a movie, which I get <laughs> it. If you're working in the industry, probably shouldn't yeah. be bad mouthing people you might potentially work with. Then again, like, like, wouldn't it be funny if Christopher Nolan was on Letterboxd and he's like, he like reviews a new Mission Impossible and just says like, well, that sucked. Glad I kicked them out of IMAX. <laughs> or it's like John Wick. He's like, it's like that typos. Like, I feel asleep. <laughs> like, I fell asleep. <laughs> I feel like it would make him way more popular. Too much of the dialogue was legible. More like John shit. John shit. <laughs> 
Whoa. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty... Like, see when you, like, love him? Yeah, that'd be great if he was just a total shit poster. Hopefully we get... Well, Martin Scorsese's on Letterboxd, right? Does he ever, like, say see, stuff sucks? I don't know. No. Well, maybe something... He just does that to, to the press. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be so funny if Martin Scorsese just, like, logged all the Marvel films. I don't get it. I don't like it. But would Martin Scorsese like your number 10 pick, Sean? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even. I kind of doubt we're going to like my number 10 pick, but I am too intrigued to not talk about Unfrosted the Pop Tart story. <laughs> I forgot about this. Um, this is a movie directed by Jerry Seinfeld and written by. <laughs> The crew that wrote B movie, who are a bunch oh, of comedians man. who also this, wrote This year Seinfeld. is gonna suck, isn't it? What? <laughs> you not even see this one. I really forgot uh, this existed. It didn't even pop up on my radar. Hmm. Must mean it's, it's um, it's it's about how um Kellogg's and Post in the 1960s were competing to see who could like produce a shelf-stable breakfast pastry first. Um, it's got a stacked cast an amazing of cast. familiar comedy faces, uh, including Jerry Seinfeld, who he was, again, a writer and a director on this movie. Uh, he's also starring in it. It's got Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Amy Schumer, Hugh Grant, James Marsden, Jack McBriar, Thomas Lennon, uh, Bobby Moynihan, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper. Remember her from doing Trump <laughs> lip syncs? She's in this. Um, it uh, was filmed in like two, 2022, <laughs> like a while ago, and it was supposed to be released last year. It didn't happen. But I guess Jim Gaffigan was at the Golden Globes this year, like earlier this year, like I guess a few weeks ago. Yeah, he was funny. And. and and made some reference to it. So, um, look look for Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story on Netflix sometime this year. Wow, James Marsden is Jack LaLanne. Yeah. I didn't realize Jack LaLanne was a part of the Pop-Tart story. <laughs> is, it, is this based really? on a book? Or it's just weird that this is just something... Like, I'd get it if Jerry found a book. He's like, oh, I kind of like this. And then he like turns it into a movie, but... He just loves this story, I guess. He just he found a box of pop tarts and he was like, "I love <laughs> this. what's the deal with these?" <laughs> and this is his movie where he's like, "What's the deal with pop tarts?" Um, it sounds like, according to Wikipedia, that like in his routine he has a joke about how they came up with pop tarts, wow. which I should have looked up before recording this podcast, but I didn't. Um, so maybe it's like based like. <laughs> On a joke. This is just like how Jerry turned his like joke about Halloween into a whole children's book. <laughs> He's just turning jokes into other forms of media. I mean, yeah. props to him, man. I mean, it could be fun. It's it's look, it's gonna be on Netflix. That's easy. I love that. That's easy. And again, I've seen all of Jerry Seinfeld's directorial efforts since yeah, it's dude. just that documentary comedian and B movie. She was shot by Bill um, Pope, who shot The Matrix. So. Be probably look as good. Uh, great. Sure. Christoph Beck did the music. I like him. 
legitimate people on this project. Yeah, this is a legitimate it, film. It's got a chance, but not. A, <laughs> I don't think a high one, but maybe, maybe a higher chance than ten movies Colin's going to talk about. Yeah. <sighs> I kind of want to share my honorable mentions, but maybe I'll wait till the end since I'll see if any of them make your guys' list. Which is <laughs> yeah. Uh, possible. possible maybe not incredibly possible but we'll see uh so my number 10 just sneaked in today because i watched the trailer that just dropped like a day or two ago oh. uh it is the ministry of ungentlemanly warfare mm, wow. the new guy Ritchie joint uh Looking at the trailer, it seems like it's b- basically just Inglorious Bastards, but with British people. <laughs> yeah, and so that makes it look just just really unappealing. Uh, stars Henry Cavill and others. Uh, who else we got in this joint? Oh, Sean's favorite, Alan Richson, that big, oh, boy, the big boy from Jack Reacher. But like... <laughs> No one was that ripped back in the, in those days. <laughs> That's a recent thing. I mean, obviously this movie is not going for realism because it seems inspired by uh, Inglorious Bastards in that way, in that they're just like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, pr- actually, this might be based on a real story. Well, I, I, I think it, has it is. Freddie Fox as Ian Fleming, the author of James Bond. Yeah, that's true. He's like 20 names down, but still. Yeah. It's got Carrie Owens, uh, Henry Golding. Yeah. Ooh, Alex Pettifer, who me and John were just talking about yesterday. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer joint. Yeah, it didn't look that fun. I don't know. There's not that much to say about it. I. I don't. I don't have that much experience with Guy Ritchie. Mostly, mostly just watching trailers for his movies is my main experience with him. And being like, I'm not, I'm not gonna see that. Um, I saw The Gentleman, which oh. is maybe related to this because Gentleman's in the title. Is this like a prequel to yeah. The Gentleman? <laughs> Before it was like The Gentleman, it. he was ungentlemanly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was Henry Cavill in The Gentleman? Um, I don't believe. Can we guess so. without looking up anyone who's? I feel like Hugh Grant's in The Gentleman. That sounds right. That's correct. He's the narrator and kind of like the framing device of The Gentleman. Yeah, it it just I'm, I just asked because it seems like Guy Ritchie's pretty into Henry Cavill. <laughs> Um, Seems like everybody I mean, is. I'm not. I, he hasn't yeah, I sold me in a single movie. I don't know why. Yeah, not that I've seen him it. in much. Like, I feel like I don't even... I mean, I, granted, I, I've missed some big projects of his. I feel like I've never even seen him speak. I mean, obviously he's spoken some of these <laughs> movies, but like, barely. You just don't, you just don't remember him speaking. <laughs> not remember him. Like, you could convince me, like, did you know Man of Steel, he had two lines? I'd be like, oh yeah, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember speaking yeah. in Mission Impossible, <laughs> but his his guns spoke for his him. guns. Yeah, I let my fist speak for me. <laughs> he definitely was doing an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> See, John doesn't remember that. <laughs> it never happened. 
Uh, all right. Uh, what's, what's your number nine pick, Joe? I'm going to go with some indie shit. I'm going to go with A Different Man. This is the first of many A24 movies on my list. They have a stranglehold on the indie film market. But, I mean, they they yeah. get they put forth compelling projects. This is an Aaron Schimberg movie. It's about... Do you guys remember in Under the Skin that... Um, that uh, handicapped, deformed actor, Adam Pearson. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a movie kind of built around him. It's um, So Sebastian Stan plays a guy who used to suffer from that kind of condition and then gets some sort of like uh, miracle surgery and then looks like a totally different person and takes on this new identity. But then there's like a stage production about his like life and, or, and then the guy playing him is Adam Pearson and then he's like, he comes like fixated on this guy who looks like what he used to look like. And that sounds, it kind of reminds me of that movie seconds a little bit about this, that loss of identity kind of movie. And that sounds cool. Yeah. Sebastian Stan, Adam Pearson, Renate Renzva, however you say her name from worst person in the world. Never learned that name. Um, I like that Sebastian Stan post Avengers has been, um, doing like weird stuff. I know he was in that like cannibal rom-com, and he was, uh, he played Tommy Lee. He's, he's playing Donald Trump coming up. Do you guys hear about that movie? Mm-mm. It doesn't Mm-mm. have a, uh, a release date or anything, but yeah, Sebastian Stan is going to play Donald Trump in a movie where he's like, um, Roy Cohn. Like, it's about how Roy Cohn, like, mentored him. And Jeremy Strong mm-hmm. is Roy Cohn. So it's like a 70s, 80s, like, story. Maria Bakalova okay. is Ivana Trump. Right. Uh, so that sounds good, but yeah, I like Sebastian Stan and I like A twenty four. I I still I, I keep feeling like they're gonna drop off at some point, but they haven't yet. So I'm still on board. Yeah, dude. Uh, so that was a different man, but let's hear a different pick from Sean. Yeah, um, kind of picking up on last year's theme. Uh, I noticed there was a part one movie coming out this year, so I had to put that on the list. <laughs> and it's Wicked. Wicked part one. You, is, you is actually, finally... You're actually interested in this? Here's the thing. It's hard to believe. <laughs> Wicked what's, was what's such a big deal, like 10 years ago, more than that, maybe. And I never saw it. I never learned anything about it. I don't understand how it could be two movies if it's one musical that you go to for one night. Musicals are um, long usually, though. That's why they got to cut out all the songs for the film versions. <laughs> for the film version. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like obviously this could be another um, Into the Woods or even a Cats. I don't think it's going to be a Cats though. Um, <laughs> Or it's just like a hyped up musical that becomes a movie that no one cares about at all. I want to believe this will be interesting uh, in part because it's um, it's John Chu who is like really turned things around ever since he was like the G.I. Joe sequel guy and like you ta- <laughs> now you see me too. Did you see In the Heights? Uh, I didn't. Well, I, I saw it on stage. I was like, I don't need to see. So you didn't even see. You didn't even see this movie. You're claiming to be his turnaround. No, I think Crazy Rich Asians was his turnaround. Okay. I like Crazy Rich Asians. I. It's oh, it's fine. 
This is a pretty. This is still a pretty bad filmography. Yeah. Oh wow, he's got all oh, the uh, places he'll go in the not too distant future. What the fuck well, would that be? I don't want to know what the fuck that is. Um, what's what's the story? Um, I don't know. Two parts though. Two parts is is really infuriating. It's not like the book is a musical. Maybe it is. Maybe it's like how there's all those songs in the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> also, this movie ruined marriages. Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, and Ethan Slater had an affair. They were both married at the time. Ethan Slater had just had a baby too, and they broke up with their uh, spouses to be together while making this. She plays Glinda. He plays Bach, a Munchkin. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, that sounds great. Got to be worth it, right? Like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? Like movies that ruin relationships tend to be tend to be great, important, great films. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll take your word on that right now. I, uh, you know what? Um, I what's really gonna? I, I'm really curious to see what the runtime is going to be when that's finally announced. <laughs> Yeah, it better be fucking long. It better be fucking long. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, music musicals are a funny thing. I feel like sometimes they really just fall flat on their face. Sometimes they do well. Sometimes like they'll, they'll be like a uh, was that the Greatest Showman, where it really builds momentum and kind of becomes a hit over time. And I mean, seeing it as a lean year and this is like a Thanksgiving time movie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could be a big, a huge movie. People were really excited about this musical for a long time and I've never heard any of the songs yeah uh, I want to know what's going on that's all okay that, yeah, okay fair enough fair enough I want to know what's going on with Colin's next pick though <laughs> yeah Colin what's going on um so my number nine is a movie I feel like you guys probably haven't heard of it's called Arthur the King Stars Mark Wahlberg and a dog. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not what I was expecting this to be about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a part of the trailer where he's like, "Oh, let's name him Arthur." He's like, he's like a king. He's like Arthur the King, <laughs> like King Arthur. I oh, guess. that's, that's why what they we... call it that. This that's the that's why he calls it that. Um. Is uh, based on a true story, based on a nonfiction book, Arthur the Dog Who Crossed the oh, Jungle to Find yeah. a Home. <laughs> We're doing this again, Colin? You're betting it all on the feel-good movie of the year being bad? The thing is, I don't know. Mark Wahlberg. Mark, like that's a, a pretty good bet. Mark, what's the last? I'm like, he sucks. In a cuddly dog movie, it's just like... I don't know. I don't feel like he's as good a fit for this type of movie as as Channing Tatum was with with Dog. Also, you know, this uh, is gonna be like low chance. key Christian. It could be a, a little low key Christian. I don't know how. What's what's the true story? <laughs> um, this guy was doing like a biathlon or something in Puerto Rico, and then he found some dog that was like out racing all the athletes, and he's like. Yeah, well, how's this dog doing this? I guess. So this is what I got from the trailer. I didn't read about the true story. Uh, Something I'm trying this... to understand is it says this film was announced in 2019 as a p- 
Paramount Players release. What what's Paramount <laughs> Players? <laughs> Sounds like Hustlers University. They don't I don't know. They focus on contemporary properties. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> Which is why their last film was Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Okay, mm. it makes sense. It's got an animal. Um yeah, that's it. It's Mark Wahlberg and a dog. I don't know. Simeon Lou, isn't it? Wow, Bear Grylls as himself. And Bear Grylls as himself. <laughs> so you know it's good. Man, that means we got a movie with like someone playing Jack Lane. We got Bear Grylls. I feel like there's another crazy <laughs> thing that came up. Oh, yeah, Ian Fleming. <laughs> We're talking about all my favorite movie characters today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as, as it should. Uh, my number eight, I feel like has a lot of potential to be bad, but I'm optimistic for a couple of reasons. And I'll get into that. Uh, so Callie Spaney was in Priscilla last year. Yes. So she had to deal mm-hmm. with that, that monster that is Elvis. And now she has to deal with that monster. That is the xenomorph in alien Romulus. Uh-oh. Oh. So this is, uh, okay, so a- Alien, I feel like it's been, a, it's been a long time since there's been anything, like, good that's been an Alien, like, movie. Like, I guess Prometheus, but I feel like a lot of people hate it, too. I don't know where, I don't even know where I stand on Prometheus today. <laughs> uh, but I am optimistic about this one, because, one, it takes place in between Alien and Aliens, so I'm hoping for some the weird, like, tech with, like, black screens with green text. That's what I didn't like about oh, Prometheus better. is like this seems like the most futuristic, even though this is now canonically the first movie. <laughs> um, and then also it's Fede Alvarez, who hasn't actually made that many movies, but the ones I've seen, I've liked. Like, you know, he did the, the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe. Um, no one saw The Girl in the Spider's Web. Talk about a movie that does not exist. So yes. I assume that one was a misfire. But otherwise... Um, He's good. He's he's very gritty. He loves practical effects. This has a, a nice cast of kind of up and comers. Not not a lot of people I like really know that well, but I, it sounds like they're like, they're people that are on the up and up. Um, like the guy from Rye Lane, and Archie Renault, who's a name I keep hearing about, but I don't actually know who that is. Some handsome boy. <laughs> And Il- <laughs> Isabella Mer- Merced, who I think was Dora in that live-action Dora the Explorer movie. Quite the departure for her oh. this time. That's um, a Paramount Players me- movie. I think... Uh, you know, Dora so, the City of Gold. And I'm hoping this is good. And you know, it's also interesting. I don't think it's coming out this year. I think it's coming out in 2025. But the Fargo guy's doing an alien show for Hulu. So we're going to be getting like a huge influx of alien movies and, and, and stuff coming up. So I'm hoping they're good. Uh, I don't get the title. That worries me. I feel like I'm too, I feel like it's being too smart. <laughs> so what else could you call it? We've, we've had alien aliens. We call it the alien. <laughs> that sucks. An alien. An alien. <laughs> Oh, you mean un like a n un alien a n alien yeah an alien a- I like an alien, it. An alien. <laughs> just one that's a great title they should have called it an alien uh 
Yeah, August 16th. And it's not going straight to Hulu. They have, uh... They think, they think it, could be, it could be a good movie. Wow. Can your next pick be a good movie, Sean? Uh... This is kind of the last one where I'm just like, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my favorite. I've I've got more general enthusiasm for the the next seven. This this Mm -hmm. is the last one where I'm like, I don't know. It's another Netflix movie. It's been in production for a while, since December 2017. It's called The Electric State. You guys heard about this? No. Nope. It's based on a graphic novel. Um, this movie is being directed by uh, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers, Uh-oh. and written by Christopher Marcus and Steve McFeely, the people that wrote all the Marvel movies that the Russo brothers directed. So it's basically all the behind-the-camera talent behind the Avengers adapting a different graphic novel about a girl and a robot, and she's like looking for her missing brother. And the girl is Millie Bobby Brown, because this is on Netflix. Um, I believe the voice of the robot is Giancarlo Esposito, but Brian Cox is billed higher. So, um, I don't know. Maybe it's Jenny Slate. The the, the voices are Brian Cox, Jenny Slate, Giancarlo Esposito as Marshall, Anthony Mackie, and Billy Bob Thornton. So, pretty cool voice cast. Um. The, the 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 live action cast is uh, equally interesting because it includes another Seinfeld alum, Jason Alexander, in this, uh, as well as Stanley Tucci, Key Kwan, and um, of course Chris Pratt. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is something that I like. They've been working on it for six years. Um. They went into production after The Gray Man, which is a movie no one saw, I think, with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans that they also made for Netflix. Um, It looks like Michelle Yeoh was cast in it at some point, but I don't see her in the cast list now, so maybe she left. Um, But that'd be cool, because then if Ki Kwan's in it, that's like a little reunion but maybe not maybe she's left the project um i don't know it, if it's like a fun sci-fi movie with all those people it could be could be cool uh or we could get another uh rebel moon just absolute garbage sci-fi movie on netflix <laughs> i mean i'm looking at the graphic novel it looks really cool it's like it's very photorealistic like big ass like robot stuff which i like um my worry is those guys it's like they like a monkey's paw where like they made like this great movie and now they can't make anything good since then or or great movies with the Avengers stuff but like I mean post of of Endgame Cherry the Gray Man yeah (laughs) movies no one has seen and the people who have seen it are like don't see it and and 21 Bridges as well right did they direct that or was that not I think that was just a producing one, but like, yeah, they've also attached themselves to like a lot of stuff. A lot of like, hey, we'll help out these Avengers guys make their own dumb action movies. Like, I think they maybe produced the Extractions, those um, 
Netflix exclusive Chris Hemsworth yeah. action movie. I mean, they did produce everything everywhere, but that's like the one good thing <laughs> that they've had their name attached to, you know, in the past yeah. like five years. Uh, yeah, I would love for this to be good, like a cool sci-fi thing. Mm. Yeah, I would I love for know. some for Man. Netflix to get some good movies because then it's like that's easy for me. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, maybe it'll suck and then they'll have to go back and make another Marvel movie. Yeah, not the end of the world either. either. Yeah. <laughs> Colin's mm. excited. What do you got, Colin? So excited. Um, my number eight is uh, Borderlands, the movie. Uh, yeah. Nice. D- directed by Eli Roth. Supposedly. Supposedly? Well, I, what I heard, and I don't know if it's true, is that like he directed, mm. it, and they're like, "This is such a piece of shit," and they got someone <laughs> to do reshoots, and they like had to reshoot like a lot of it. But it's, he's still credited as solo director, right? He made a That's whole funny. other film after this that came out before this. That Thanksgiving that? movie. Oh, that's right. Okay, so that was after he made. I the think so, I think that's the movie. that's the timeline there. So I feel like okay. they have like been really trying to f- fix this. Yeah, uh, I didn't really read that about that. That's hilarious. Because yeah, it looks like they filmed this in 2021, wrapped in June of 2021, and that in January of last year they they started doing reshoots with Tim Miller. Mr. Deadpool. Uh, Mr. Deadpool. So that's uh, always a good sign. (laughs) Um, Additional. (laughs) Yeah. And looks like a bunch of different writers worked on it, uh, including Sam Levinson. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the worst movie ever made now. Um, I'm just, I just, wondering how Kate Blanchett got involved with this. I mean, she's first. I can tell you how it happened. Is she a big fan of the game? Um, No, that's how Jamie Lee Curtis got involved. uh, Colin, I think you need to visit a house with a clock in its walls. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just because she worked with him on that and it's like, hey, want to work together again? Okay, I guess. That's also why Jack Black's probably in this. Yeah, I can believe Eli Roth's a decently nice guy he seems super ni- I actually that's my biggest problem with eli roth i really like him and i hate his movies yeah that okay so that makes she probably yeah was just like i liked working with eli we'll make a shittier movie with him <laughs> i don't know i feel like that clock that clock movie <laughs> was probably his most well-received movie i think it I was think you know of. i people like thanksgiving i actually i actually didn't oh, see okay. it in time so i'll watch it next thanksgiving but yeah, no, that was one of his better received movies. You're right. Uh, yeah, no trailer on this one, but um, from what I've heard, it's probably going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, for sure. It's going to be. It's got a good cast for sure. It's going to be bad. You know, also why it's going to be bad because it's got Kevin Hart, and has he ever made a good movie ever? Uh, I will also say Kevin Hart so. really miscast. Like uh, on the cast, <laughs> it's I, like mostly pretty well cast. Yeah. Kevin Hart is terribly miscast as mm-hmm. Roland in this. Um, yeah, it's based on a video game, which is always a bad sign. Even though oh, Craig yeah. Mason wasn't was involved, then he made The Last of Us. So, uh, but it's not like a video but, game that he like grew up with either. Eli Roth would have been like well into his probably like t- 
twenties when this came out. When the I don't know when the first Borderlands game came out, but I do two thousand nine, baby. Yeah, so he'd already been making movies for like a decade. Yeah, I mean um, we were in our twenties by then, <laughs> barely, but yeah. Uh, Borderlands was, and probably still is, one of my favorite games of all time, and none of that is because of the story. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of it's got the it's it's just like it's just like it's 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 a vibe, right? It's like it's like in a Mad Max world, and all the characters are like outrageous and goofy, and that's fun in a video game. Um, but the, like the the overarching plot is just like about a monster that's hidden in a vault, and all these people are trying to get to the vault because they think treasures in it and not a monster. Spoilers for probably Borderlands the movie. <laughs> oh no. Um, I think that style of comedy has aged extremely poorly. Um, so that that's they've got that going against it too. <laughs> what what style are you talking about? Could you give me? Some oh, examples? like a lot of the a lot of the jokes are like these bad guys are midgets, and they're called they're like like called like midgets. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's um like these bad guys have you know mental impairments you know how i know you're gay <laughs> just take a loud swing i don't know if that's the kind of humor <laughs> i guess no, i think no, i'm doing it's, it's, i'm doing knocked up is what i'm doing yeah you're doing knocked up this is more just like um edgy internet humor mm-hmm. of the 2000s sure um not not great not, not, not great stuff. I mean, yell, lots of just like yelling. Like, do you think it's funny when someone yells a lot? Like, like Depends if a guy's like, a, he's like, I want to sell you guns. And he's just like yelling it. Like, mm. is that funny? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, nobody laughs, so no, so. it's not. <laughs> no, if, it's, if we don't laugh when um, you said that, then I would have had to be like, yeah, that's funny. But I didn't laugh. It's, it's, it's. It's a tough. It's a tough situation because I have a lot of affection for it, but I think it kind of belongs in the past. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, it just shouldn't be a movie. Yeah, go ahead, John. My number seven pick. Fun fact that I learned right now: the director of my number seven pick was the uh, originally attached to direct Borderlands. <laughs> nice. Ooh. So that worked out pretty well. That director is Mr. Lee Winnell. Uh, directing a new The Wolfman. They're they're trying it again, but I Come I back. feel I feel good this time because I think Lee Winnell has really proven himself with with Upgrade and The Invisible Man. Uh, those are both great, yeah. and so I and this so is the way to go too with these kind of more uh, the smaller scale approach to these monster Universal monster characters and whatnot. Um. So the the casting of the Wolfman is is very interesting. It's a guy who hasn't quite broken out, but I'm I'm always rooting for him. That is Christopher Abbott, who uh, was recently in Poor Things as the yeah. mean husband at the end. Who, uh, spoiler alert, guy has the brain of a goat at the end of the movie. <laughs> so now he will have the brain of a wolf. Not really how it works, but close enough. Uh, it's him. Wouldn't in- that be funny if? 
when he was a man, he had a wolf brain, and when he was a wolf, he had a man brain. That sounds like a fun twist on it. Uh, maybe I, who knows? Maybe that's exactly what they're doing. All I know is that the premise is about a man and his family who have been scared to death by a deadly predator. Um, I will say, every time I hear about this movie, they he like they they mention Julia Garner first. I think she's on an Ozark show as like as if she's the star and maybe mm-hmm. he's the the second you know most important character, oh. which is interesting because kind of like Invisible, Man. Like Invisible Man. Um. So I wonder if they found kind of a different angle with it, which I'm intrigued to see. Because we've seen the, the, the classic Wolfman story a couple times. Uh, we kind of need to reinvent it at this point. I also think it's hilarious that it stars Christopher Abbott because, of course, Lee Winnell made Upgrade, which starred Logan Marshall Green. And Logan Marshall Green looks exactly like Tom Hardy. And if you ask me, Christopher mm-hmm. Abbott looks exactly uh, like Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. <laughs> so he just keeps casting the less famous lookalikes of other actors in his movies. So this is a fun gimmick that he's going with. Uh, so excited for that! I think it has an uh, it's October uh, late a late October release. That's perfect. I just yeah, he's really proven himself as as a director so far. So. I'm on board. Show me that Wolfman. Hopefully no Wolfman fight with old Wolfman, like in the Benicio Del Toro one. That's that pretty embarrassing. Let's, let's not have do that. You, do, you, do you think Julia Garner will get wolf powers at the end and then eventually we'll get the actual Dark Universe team-up movie and it'll just be uh, like her... And Elizabeth Moss. the Invisible Woman, and like it'll just be like all the people that killed all the people from the Dark Universe, and then they took their powers. I thought you were just gonna say like an all female uh, Dark Universe, because there's also I don't have it on my list, and I don't think it'll come up honorable mentions. But the movie maybe it'll come up cons at least anticipated, which he's wrong if you put it on there. The movie Abigail is a you know semi remake of Dracula's daughter, so it's like we're getting all these like indie reinterpretations uh... of. Of Universal, so we could have like an all female dark universe. I, I, I didn't put it anywhere near my list. Don't worry. John. Okay, I'm glad because it was almost on mine. I've been so pissed, even though it did not no. on my list. It's an honorable mention. I, I feel like I strictly put things that would not make your list because this year is too bad. I don't think it's happened. It's <laughs> happened with Sean a couple times. I'm not sure if yeah. it's happened with me before. I don't think it has either. But the night is young. It sure is. Uh, Sean. Um, so, uh, again, gen- genuine enthusiasm from here on out. Hooray! And, uh, <laughs> it's still a Netflix movie, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, this one is Richard Linklater's Hitman. Oh, yeah. I just watched the trailer. Uh, ah, fuck. Oh, when does that come out? Why did you go off? Uh, fuck. Because I just canceled my Netflix subscription. <laughs> no, today. you got plenty of time, Colin. It comes out in the summertime. <sighs> okay, so I'll have to resubscribe. Yeah, it looks that's, good. That's Tell fine. us why it looks good, Sean. Well, so it's the story of a um, Houston police officer, because it's got to be. Texas. It's got to be in Texas, be Texas, right? Texas. <laughs> um, who uh, poses as a hitman to arrest people who try to hire him. 
so it's like a sting. Um, and he ends up in a situation where he has to um, save a woman in need. Um, and I think the guy is Glenn Powell, if I'm reading the, the cast right. It is. Uh, but maybe it's actually Austin Emilio is the undercover cop. I'm not sure. Oh, um, no, I think it's Glenn Powell, right? I haven't seen the trailer. I didn't know there was a trailer, to be honest. Oh, I think it, like, uh, yesterday or pretty recently. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but uh, Richard Linklater, I like. Um, even though I didn't see Apollo 10 and a half, because I can't be tricked into seeing that. Just, <laughs> it's I, good, though. I'm not buying it. Okay. I know you say it. I'm it's, not falling for it. It's right. good. It's definitely not essential viewing. It's all an elaborate <laughs> hoax. Sean's going to finally sit down. And it's going to be so bad. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> um, it's going to be a bunch of Borderlands humor. <laughs> God, so many. So much yelling. Um, I mean, this one has the advantage of it's been at uh, Venice Film Festival already and uh, Toronto International Film Festival. And people liked it. Yeah, we already, <laughs> it's we already good know reviews. it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm um, I'm down because like I've I watched a, you know Scanner Darkly I'm like I'm gonna watch I'm gonna fill in the gaps of Richard Linklater's filmography this year and this mm-hmm. is like so fun that this is coming out. Uh, uh, yeah, dude. Also, I'm reading here that it's based on a true story or at least a magazine article from 2001. Yeah, from the guy that so like that's cool he too. wrote Bernie with. Oh, and I loved Bernie. That was a great movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. There's a lot here that fills yeah, me with confidence. Skip Hollinsworth. Skip Hollinsworth, yeah. A lot to believe in. And I I still believe in Glenn Powell. I, um, despite anyone but you being a sort of, like, bad omen oh, for everyone. I, I like him. He's just too handsome. Yeah, he's he's gonna, just too handsome. He's going to do his McConaughey thing. He's going to make some crap. He's going to make some good movies. Oh, that's such know. a perfect comparison for like his vibe. Yeah. Another actor who also started in Richard Linklater movies. Yeah. yeah. It's his new, his new McConaughey. He's even, he's, he found another Austin guy to do it. I just found out he's from Austin, <laughs> Texas. Um, he's got a time. I love he's even got a co-screenwriting credit. Like, that's... To see that he's that involved is wild. <laughs> Maybe that just means a lot of improvisation. Like, okay, we're giving it to him. This is like a Ryan Reynolds situation. I don't know. But no, dude, it looks good. Um, looks good. Red is in this from Parks and Rec. That's fun. Yeah. Great. I'm glad I didn't put on my um, list so that it could just be on yours. Yeah, let's let's keep being lucky. Now like let's that. hear Colin's pick, which hopefully will not touch my list. Stay Don't infect my list. I'm sorry. Uh, my number seven is Mufasa, the Lion King. Uh, <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it was on your list, Joe. <laughs> but I gotta be real. I got my doubts. Uh, of about this prequel to the Lion King movie that came out a few years ago. I like that they uh, they refer to it as a photorealistic computer generated imagery prequel <laughs> to the Jesus. 2019 Lion King <laughs> because you know 
it's like I get that's <laughs> like real backgrounds, I think, but all the animals are how how emotionless that sound. Did and Data write this? Yeah, I'm like it's an AI film. Um honestly the only thing keeping this from being even higher on my list is that it's directed by Barry Jenkins, which right. is uh, strange, but also he's probably just collecting a paycheck. It doesn't look like he wrote it or co-wrote it or anything. Yeah. But he is, like, one of the best directors working right now, I would say. Uh, it's hard to mistake, like, a, a Barry Jenkins movie, but maybe this will just look exactly like every other Disney uh, <laughs> live action in quotation marks <laughs> uh, remake movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why he's directing it. I think probably I, just to get money to make a, a movie he's actually exactly. Out. He's pulling a David Lowry. That's what David Lowry does, where he does like, yeah. I'm gonna do Pete's Dragon so that I can do a ghost story. I'm gonna do, you know, Peter Pan and Wendy so that I can do my next movie. It's like, right. I, th- I think you're exactly right. It's, it's just so he can make his, he can do whatever he wants after this. I know. It just it's fucking just sucks. It's like a waste of the time. Di- yeah, the directors <laughs> have to do this shit because it's like it didn't used to be like this for like legitimate auteurs. Uh, yeah, I mean, even even when Scorsese did like a sequel movie, when he did The Color of Money, like he still got to make it cool. Like, I don't think Barry Jenkins is going to be able to infuse no. much of his style into this CG animal movie. He's going to be looking over a guy's um, shoulder as he's at a computer and be like, I guess that looks yeah. good. <laughs> he's not even going to, like, be on a set the entire time. <laughs> what is he going to even do? <sighs> you know, um, yeah. I have, a question. I have a question. Um, They obviously... they famously gave up on recasting Mufasa uh, in 2019 and just brought James Earl Jones back and probably used digital technology to augment his performance like they've been doing in other movies. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're doing here? Are we are we having... Is no, AI James Earl Jones says, playing uh, Mufasa? It says Aaron Pierre is playing Mufasa. I know him from uh, uh, old... Okay. Where he played the iconic character yeah. named Midsize Sedan. Midsize Sedan. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. He was good. He's good. Yeah. Um. So he's pretty young then. So they're going for like yeah. a young, oh, yeah. a young voice. Yeah, it's a prequel. So it's it's a young, here's what young Mufasa. I'm, here's what confuses me about this. If you ask like a kid, like maybe who they just seen Lion King, like what are your favorite things about the Lion King? I feel like it'd be pretty low down the list that they get to. Oh, and I love Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> I love the serious, stern father character. I want to know what he does all in his spare time. No one cares about Mufasa. Like, why didn't they just make like a Timon and Pumbaa movie, right? I don't know. And he can be like, you know how oh, I know no, you're uh, gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's talking to Billy Eichner. <laughs> <laughs> because you are, and that, that's okay with me. <laughs> it's like a really positive movie. <laughs> uh, 
It looks like Seth Rogen and Billy Agner are reprising their roles as Simone or to Timon and Pumbaa in. Uh, well, you got to insert some life into this dirge of a film. Yeah. So I guess they knew Simba's dad, but they didn't tell him about it. Because how old are they? I, it seems I don't, unlikely. I don't yeah. think they live that long because they're like super realistic. <laughs> <Mortal>. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> These movies are nothing if not super realistic. Uh, you know it's going to be like like 140 minutes too, right? It's not going to be. Uh, just <laughs> it's going to be a fucking slog thing you've ever seen. They got. Uh, I, I will say they have a murderer's row of composers for this film. Because you got. They have multiple composers. They have three. <laughs> Because you got um, you got Hans Zimmer, who obviously did the original Lion King. That makes sense. You got Pharrell to make it cool, and you got Nicholas Bertel, who does the Succession theme. Huh. So why does it have three composers? <laughs> it looks like Nicholas Bertel did do the music for Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk. So I guess maybe he's worked with Barry Jenkins. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Maybe Zimmer is like they're just using some older theme, so he's credited. Mm. Maybe he didn't compose yeah. new stuff. And then Pharrell probably did like a fun song, like, I'm Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know, that's, man. that's depressing, dude. Yeah. So let me lighten the mood with my next pick, uh, Saw 11. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they did it. <laughs> It's crazy yeah. that they made the best Saw movie ten movies in. <laughs> I saw Saw Ten last year, and I had a fucking blast. I almost gave it four stars. I almost considered it for my top ten. I yeah. loved it, and it's it's crazy to think that the, what made it work is like, hey, you remember how we cast that really cool, like charismatic actor as the villain? Let's actually like give him a lot to do instead of just having him kind of pop in here and there. I mean, it doesn't help that Tobin Bell got killed off in the third movie. The third movie! That still boggles my mind. Can you imagine if they kill off Freddy Krueger in the third movie and they just ne- <laughs> he just show up in, like, flashbacks and shit? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, he, is a, he played a character with terminal cancer. Uh, but, man, he died way too soon in those movies. And what was so cool about Saw 10, and I assume Saw 11 is kind of picking up right after 10, is it takes place in between one and two so that you can have Tobin Bell throughout the whole movie. And did you guys know what the premise is of Saw 10? I don't know if I ever really talked about it with you guys. I don't think so. So what's, what's that one is, it almost makes him the hero because, you know, the, the thing about Jigsaw is that he's a, he was a regular guy who got like terminal brain cancer. And then that, you know, led him to, uh, make these traps for people and they have to sacrifice a piece of flesh so that they you know can live pretty villainy but anyways uh in saw 10 basically he was told of this miracle procedure in mexico and so he signs up and he goes that and they tell him oh you're totally cured everything's fine you know he stays at this this resort place for a little while and then he goes home and he finds out that it was a huge scam so he like all the people in the saw traps in that movie are these horrible people that are like, uh, you know, pretending to treat people with cancer. So it, it kind of makes like they're, they're worse people than even him. But then the thing about that movie, it seemed like it would have been a perfect send off for the franchise. The main bad guy doesn't gets away. So it's like, well, fuck, well, I guess we got to do another one. 
but I'm on board since Saw 10 was so good. Uh, the only thing is Tobin Bell, I mean, if we're starting up this franchise again, is in his 80s. Dicks. So that's probably why this one is coming out so soon. Comes out in September. Yeah. Uh, but he's great. I think they finally found the formula that works. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fucking blast. <laughs> they really... Uh, I, I, I never thought they would have salvaged this franchise after that Chris Rock one was probably the worst one they've done. <laughs> That's crazy. That on though, an we had so much... list? It was. It was yeah. on an anticipated yeah. list. I remember I remember because it even had a it was called then the organ donor. I'm like, ooh, this is an interesting title. I never would have fucking put it on my list if I knew it was gonna be called Spiral from the Book of Saw. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm much happier at putting a movie called Saw Eleven on my list. Mm-hmm. It's just funny to see a movie that's like numbered, that's like numbered so high. <laughs> you don't see that often. Yeah, they don't usually go that high. Not even the Fast and Furious have made it, it that high. It is Roman numerals, but it's still funny. Yeah. How funny is your pick, Sean? Oh, probably zero. Um, <laughs> zero funny. This is one of two picks I have. Maybe three that I think might be on your list, but I just couldn't resist yeah. them because I'm so genuinely excited about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the first one of them, uh, my number six, is Nosferatu, the Ooh. Robert Eggers movie uh, starring Bill Skarsgård as Count Orlock. You know, you know him. You know his name. <laughs> You, um, you son of a bitch, huh? <laughs> of course this is going to be on my list. <laughs> yeah. Hi, well, too. We can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get there. I'll let Sean have his moment with Pasparato. Well, the thing is, okay, because I was going to turn it back to Sean with my pick, but what, what do you got to say, Sean? <laughs> turn it, turn it back to Sean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he has more to say about my next pick than I, I would have. Um, I, The reason it's low on my list is because it stars Lily Rose Depp, um, who I'm worried about. She's pretty pretty good actress, though. The idol. Okay. <laughs> She's not a problem. She's not one of the problems with the idol. The problem okay. is the weekend. If I would be way more concerned if the weekend was playing Count Orlock. <laughs> um, oh, he'd he'd do it though. Oh, he would. He loves he being in makeup. Really do it. Yeah, he'd do it. Um, this has been the the passion project of of Robert Eggers uh, since The Witch. Like he, this was what he intended his second movie to be uh, before he ended up making The Lighthouse. Which, by the way, Willem Dafoe is, of course, in Nosferatu. Don't even worry about it. Uh, And then he did The Northman, which I didn't even see, which I feel bad about. Um, That's okay. I'm sad you didn't. That's a different Skarsgård. It it feels like a movie. Even I saw The Northman. Yeah. I like how he's calling it The Northman, not The North. The Northman. I just feel like you'd appreciate how savage it is. I think you'd like it more than I. I think it was. I think it's good, but I think you'd really appreciate it. Yeah, seems like a shot movie. It's like John Wick with Vikings. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's a very strange thing to exist. 
Yep. That's a whole thing now. I feel like that's now because we used to have like it's like Die Hard in a blank. Now we have it's like John Wick, but you know we have nobody. But it's like a normal guy, or it's like John Wick, but it's like World War Two, like like Sisu. But or like if, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if it's like John Wick, all that's really saying is like it's about one guy killing a lot of guys yeah. and. Hopefully, the action sequences are actually shot in an interesting. I mean, isn't that like, what John Wick is, though? Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. To I'm not me. saying it. No, like I'm not we... using that as like when I say that it's like that means the movie's bad or something. I, I it's a badge of honor. I think it's great that John uh, Wick and... has established this new kind of <laughs> this new this new mysterious genre where it involves a guy killing a bunch of people, <laughs> but like it's made well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think Nosferatu is going to be like. John Wick, but he sucks blood. Um, it would be pretty cool <laughs> if it was. Instead of, I'm guessing I'm back. It's, I'm guessing I'm Drac. Oh, no shit. I mean, Orlock. <laughs> Can't say that. Because, <laughs> no. you know, that, because we, we went into that when we did uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's like Nosferatu. They had to, like, change a bunch of shit so they wouldn't get sued by the Stoker estate. And they still yeah. did. Um, I'll save my comments for later. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, turn it back to Sean. (laughs) How excited are you for Rebel Mood Part 2? Holy fuck. (laughs) Why Why would you do this to me? (laughs) Because, Sean, you watched Rebel Mood Part 1, and I didn't get to hear that much about it. And um, I want to hear a little more. Uh, I believe it was your least favorite movie of last year. Yeah, by a lot. (laughs) Uh, Was there anything I disliked even close to as much as Rebel Moon? I have to think. Um, Maybe Meg 2, The Trench. But I I almost don't even count that as a movie we saw because I just, like, wasn't. It's like a movie you dream. (laughs) Yeah. Rebel Moon is okay. First of all, when you start Rebel Moon, it's like warning <laughs> depictions of sexual That's assault right. are coming. Yeah, I watched it's like, that part fuck. of it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's okay. It's it's trying so hard to be like we're something new. It's just seven samurai, mm-hmm. um, and they split into two parts. So the, the part one is the like recruiting everybody part of the movie. The bad guys are Nazis, and you can tell because they wear Nazi uniforms. <laughs> like, it's, there's nothing changed about it. Right. Um, they try to do a rape. The Sofia Vitella stops it, and then she goes to recruit a team to fight off the Nazis. And the rest of the movie is just in montage. Like, mm. it, it's it's recruiting characters, but it doesn't even have the part where she recruits them because the movie's just like here's slow motion of the characters. <laughs> And like we don't learn their names or why they would help. It's it's got nothing. It basically is a movie that hasn't been written, but it has been filmed. It's insane and so dumb and it's so long because it's it's like I think over two hours, maybe two and a half hours, and it's only half the story. And it ends like it ends with like the bad guy. He like falls into a volcano and they pull him out and put him in a Darth Vader suit. It's so dumb <laughs> and it's so derivative. It's got nothing going for it. Um, 
and there's going to be a, a, they've announced like a Snyder cut of it, which is crazy that that needs to exist because yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like four hours of movie. And and this was a Netflix movie that he had total creative control over. Mm-hmm. He wrote it, he directed it, and I believe he was the cinematographer as well. So I don't know what the why there has to be a Snyder cut at all. And then yeah, there's going to be another one, which I assume is just the other part where it's like there's going to be a big battle on the planet. And spoiler alert, they're going to reveal that the girl who got uh, almost raped is going to be secret space princess because they that's they set up that in a flashback that Sophia Vitella is like the bodyguard of secret space princess but she's like a little girl so it's like okay what a big shock it's going to be when that's revealed in part two um and also Anthony Hopkins plays an old as hell robot and uh, he doesn't do anything in this movie so I assume he'll do something in the new one he'll do something I've never heard anybody talk about Rebel Moon it seems like no one likes it I don't even I don't even know anyone who's seen it aside from you and Nancy. <laughs> Are you and Nancy gonna get together and like get high and watch part two or did you just hate the first one too much? Um I feel like Nancy said he had a good time. <laughs> Seems like he did. <laughs> not but that it it was also good movie. feels like he's not being genuine when he says that. I don't know. I think it depends on when it comes out. Does it have a release date? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, uh, April 19th. Mm. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me we can watch it on 420? Whoa. Uh, you guys could get together on 420, <laughs> light up, and blast off into space with Rebel Moon. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a really funny idea. But the thing is, if too many people stream it, they'll make more. Uh-oh. You're right. That's true. <laughs> Fuck. We need to get David Zaslov in here. <laughs> I smell tax write-off. <laughs> yeah. Just make it never come out. <laughs> was that first one long, Sean? I I think it was over two hours. Okay, but it wasn't like it was insanely like a, long. It was 134 minutes. Okay, longer than it needed to be. Movie length, yeah. Um, I feel like the other thing was it's called uh, Rebel Moon part one a child of fire and i cannot tell you who the child of fire is <laughs> i have no idea what that means why does he just make a show if he wants to make all this shit so long i don't get it like these director's cuts it's, of these I, movies I that no one likes that i mean i was kind of getting to that with our list this year our top 10 list yeah where it's like if it's just kind of if it's all just streaming content anyway, like why are we acting beholden to like archaic structures? That's a great point. Like, uh, I mean, why I, not I make it a like, miniseries? Yeah, but I do feel like sometimes there are miniseries that feel like they didn't need to be a, f- a f- like multi-episode thing. Like, Absolutely, I think, I think some stories, right? some stories are just better as like one continuous two-hour, uninterrupted thing, and and don't need to be padded with with extra. Length. Yeah, that's the better way to go. In Rebel Moon's case, hey, cut this down to a cohesive narrative. Yeah, sure. Um, or f- combine it with part two and make one long movie. Probably either would be better than what we got. <laughs> I think people might be intrigued by like this epically long Zack Snyder movie that just dropped on Netflix. Also, 
I should mention, it opens with shots of spaceships in space, mm-hmm. which is like, that's like the bread and butter of the CGI community, right? Yeah. Like, we've been doing that forever. <laughs> yep. The ships look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they're out of Halo on the original <laughs> Xbox. Like, so... It's 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 like it's partially the like the textures and stuff just don't look good in 4K on my TV, but also it's just like boring designs too. It and and there are other cool looking things later on. Like there's a like Duna, Duna Bay from um, Cloud Atlas mm-hmm. plays like a she's like a cyber assassin with lightsabers, and, and then she looks cool as hell, but. The movie gets off to such a horrible start with like these ugly spaceships, and then it goes to this farm planet where people are just like farming, and it's like, oh god, this is just gonna suck so bad. It's like I, I, Colin, you walked away after like five minutes because just <laughs> like right off the bat, you know, this is gonna be shit. Well, I remember there was like a long, wasn't there like a long narrative introduction like explaining the plot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think you or Nancy said to me, did you understand any of that? And I said, (laughs) no. And then I walked upstairs and went to bed. (laughs) Yeah. There's some shit about Mother World. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. Mother World. (laughs) Maybe to the effects himself. He seems like the kind of guy that kind of likes to do too much. And I feel like that's part of his problem. He should not be the cinematographer because here's the thing. He knows he likes slow motion. He does not know when things should be in slow motion. <laughs> um, like Nancy and I noticed that in the action scenes, they, he seemed to he seemed to always just slow-mo whatever the last move was, which a lot of times would be like someone would do a, a sweet flip and then a flying jump kick, and then they would like turn around and that would be the part that's in slow motion. <laughs> Not like the stunts, but just like the last thing they did. Because that's where he can really ramp the speed down. Mm-hmm. It's um, It drives the length of the movie longer, and it doesn't make it cooler. It, it sucks. <laughs> All right. So, sorry for making you relive that shot. But it uh, seems like that second part's going to be bad. I'm calling it. Does it have a subtitle? Is it The Child of uh, Water? Uh, part two, the Scar Giver, is what it's called. Uh, okay, so probably it has to do with that uh, Darth Vader guy. Mm. Like a, yeah. Ed, like a... Ed Skrine. remember that guy, John? I do. He's in uh, Deadpool, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. Is this the origin of Scar from Mufasa? <laughs> I guess he, he. I guess he's given a scar, so it doesn't really work. Yeah, I hope. Well, wouldn't it be great if in the Mufasa, Mufasa prequel, uh, Scar has a name and then he gets a scar, just, and then Mufasa's like, "I'm just gonna call you Scar from now on." <laughs> Would not be surprised if something similar. To <laughs> what if the happens? movie opens with, "You know how I got the scar," <laughs> and then it flashes back to him on another planet. The scar. Speaking of John, is Joker foie gras your number five? Uh, it's not. No, definitely not. Nowhere near this list. I don't like that they're releasing it close to the election either. What the fuck is that? Are they trying to cause a civil war? Which is my number five pick. Which I thought might have been on Sean's list. So sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, 
but I mean, I love Alex Garland. I've seen everything he's done. I haven't read his books, but I've seen every film he's had his name attached to and every film he's made and his TV show. I, I guess he executive yeah. produced something that I haven't seen called The Big Game. Uh, what? I don't know. It's something I've never heard of. But uh, I'm, 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 I'm a fan. And I think this is the last movie he's ever going to direct because he says he hates directing. It's <laughs> uh, too bad. Because uh, this looks interesting. You know, it's, it's about a fucking civil war. Nick Offerman's the president. He's fucked. They're like dragging him out of the Oval Office. Jesse Plemons is a scary racist guy. I mean, that that's the best part of that trailer is when he's like, well, we're Americans. He's like, what kind of Americans? It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's going to get so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people are complaining that in the trailer that they're like, uh, Western forces led by Texas and California are going against the American government. And people will be like, Texas and California would never team up. And I, I'm like, guys, first of all, chill. <laughs> we don't know exactly the reasoning behind that. Alex Carlin is very smart. He's a super genius. <laughs> Devs is like the smartest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, so I'm sure he knows like that. Yeah, this that's a liberal state and a conservative state, and I'm sure there's a reasoning behind that. Um, you know, I I, I know he's an English guy, but I'm sure he has a good grasp. He wouldn't make a movie about a civil war in America if he didn't do a little research. I would I would think. <laughs> Though people do also complain about the poster, so there you go. Maybe he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, but no, the trailer looks not. Cool. Yeah, I'm not getting the vibe that it takes like in exactly our current political climate. No, I don't think it's supposed to. You know. I'm assuming it doesn't. No. It's not like it's, uh, we have an old guy playing like a Joe Biden. It's like Robert Redford. (laughs) You know. (laughs) As, uh, as, uh, as Brandon. (laughs) Jim Brandon, I don't know. Jim Brandon. (laughs) Uh, doesn't doesn't um the Watchmen TV show doesn't that have Robert he's the Redford president yeah like the, like the president he is yeah that's right I love that I love that they had to ask him he's like yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> but this looks good Callie Spaney popping up again coming in clutch it's gonna be a big year for her uh, Christian Dunn stars Wagner Mora I love that Stephen McKenley Henderson. Is in this in devs? Like, does he even know what's going on in these really <laughs> bizarre, complicated movies he keeps starring in? Because he's also in Dune. You know, he's on. He's in all this weird shit. He seems like a pretty normal guy. Bo is afraid. Bo is afraid. <laughs> uh, but he, I love it. He's like third. He looks like he's in a lot of the movies. Third build. That's awesome. Also, did you see devs, Sean? No. Oh my gosh, devs is beautiful. That's Nick Offerman's, I think, best work. And Steve McKinley Henderson, a huge part of that show. That's uh, It's real cool. It's it's a real head trip. It's really confusing. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Sonoya Mizuno, Mizuno, she starred in Dev. She's also in this. So he's got kind of like his, his oh, people that he works with. Uh, she's an ex-Machina as well. The Kyoko, right? The other yeah, robot. Yeah, that's right. So it's, I like that he has he's he's found his people he likes working with and then will never work with again because he hates making movies. <laughs> he's gonna go back to writing. Cause he's gonna do twenty eight years later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but you know, I'm just glad you know that he's doing something that it's coming out, and I, I feel like it has potential to maybe do kind of well if this, because this is gonna piss people off. It's it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm I'm really wondering how this is gonna hit. Yeah. It it helps that he's British, so he like he doesn't actually have a stake. Worst case scenario, he can just be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and 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 it also, unlike Joker, comes out far away from the election. I think that's good. April twelfth. So, plenty of time to think about this until you see Rebel Moon two, <laughs> part two. That's <laughs> you got get a week. Scar to think about it. You got a week yeah. to think about it. <laughs> But do you think you'll be thinking about your next pick for longer than a week? Uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> but I'm, that doesn't mean I'm not excited about it. Um, so um, Pamela Adlon has kind of come into her own as a storyteller, I think, over the last uh, decade or so after, I think, I mean, obviously she was bobby hill for a long time to most people and then she was uh, uh a supporting character in in louis and uh and then she made that show better things um where she created it i believe she wrote it and directed a bunch of it too and people liked that show a lot um i never saw it but i did see that she's making a movie now and that piqued my interest and and then I saw what the movie was, and I was like, this has got to be on my list. So it's called Babes, um, and it stars Alana Glazer, based on a script that she wrote. Um, you guys know who Alana Glazer is, Of course, Glazer, from right? Broad City. From Broad City? <laughs> okay. Not the first and she Alana Glazer-written film that has been uh, most anticipated. False positive, that, like, a movie I never what? saw. Yeah, I feel like that barely came out. And it, and yeah. it was a twenty four, but they kind of like buried it because they, they yeah. I don't know, yeah. something didn't work. This they made her straighten her hair. That that was, was what fucked weird. it up. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Who is this? What's even happening?" <laughs> this looks more promising, though. Yeah, it's. I mean, it sounds like very uh, familiar uh, dramedy material because it's about. Uh, Alana Glazer playing a young woman who is aggressively single, but she gets pregnant after a one night stand. Um, and so she needs help. And the person who's helping her is her friend, who is a mother of two, played by Michelle Buteau, who's also a comedian and podcaster. One of my favorite Key uh, and Peel sketches she's in. Do you remember that one where she finds Which one's that? that uh, like. Uh, Jordan Peele has like porn on his computer and she keeps asking all these questions about it and he just like he's like furiously sweating like <laughs> like she just keeps unpacking more of it and it becomes worse and worse as long as it's not any of like that weird like like you know really kinky shit and he's like sweating more it's like it is oh, and yeah. it just keeps getting worse and worse <laughs> horses <laughs> so she's good she's good um also, I see John Carroll Lynch is in this, and Oliver Platt. Love to see him in in things. He's having a little renaissance of his own with the bear, uh, and a pair of twins. Kenny and twins. twins, the Lucas brothers. I don't know who that is. I know them. I did not realize that they 
had writing credits on Judas and the Black Messiah. It was the last thing I thought. They oh, show up in stuff. They're funny. Oh, Sandra Bernhard. And and it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun little cast. It uh, comes out in March, so pretty soon. Uh, gotta, you know, put my money where my mouth is, I guess, and go see this fucking thing. <laughs> it's neon. I like that studio. They're kind of, they've been kind of like, you know, they do Bong Joon-Ho's stuff. So. Yeah, Sam Levinson stuff. I mean, they do get stuff, too. <laughs> They're like A24, but not as famous. Yeah, they did Anatomy of the Fall recently. Right on. All right, all right. I say that like he was, like, say, like, uh, like that Matthew McConaughey was in it. Uh, Colin, any, any babes in your next pick? Yeah. Um, Mm. Only if your babes are giant monsters. <laughs> mm. uh, it's uh, Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. Great pick. <laughs> uh, you guys think you'll see this? You saw the other ones. You're such big fans of the monster. I mean, I think Sean will definitely see it on like a family movie night, right. and I think I will see it like <sighs> six months later, and like barely pay attention. <laughs> have it all in the background yeah yeah so i really i didn't really see much of this franchise i guess i saw the first godzilla movie that was it i didn't see any of the kong ones that's the only one i saw in theaters personally oh okay the kong one uh the first godzilla oh yeah 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 me too yeah i saw it with you yeah um yeah godzilla and kong fought each other and now they're teaming up to fight something. I don't. The trailer doesn't really show who they're fighting, but I guess they're in some like underground society that looks kind of like Wakanda or something. They probably uh, want you to think that now. it's like Wakanda. It's, this is yeah, this is good, I, like Wakanda. Yeah, I think that's what they're going <laughs> for, uh, in order to lure. <laughs> People who don't know any better, any better into yeah. the movie theater, and uh, there are some humans in it. Uh, Rebecca Hall, this is Dan Stevens and Brian Tyree Henry. They're barely in the trailer. It's pretty much just all Godzilla and Kong in the trailer doing their thing with sweet uh, hip hop music. I assume I don't remember, but I feel like that's probably what was in the trailer. Um. I feel like there's a song that's like kind of slowed down. Oh, okay. I didn't recognize it. It sounded like it was being sung by a spooky old man. Oh, never mind. <laughs> who kind of had like Johnny Cash vibes, but I don't think it was a Johnny I'll Cash. I'll have to rewatch song. it. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember, I guess. Um, I remember yeah, Apes so... with Armor. Apes Because <laughs> oh, if yeah, I recall, like a... and Sean, you mm-hmm. can, you probably remember it better. They've like, there's like another world like in the center of the earth or something. Yeah, so uh, I it was hinted at throughout this franchise, and then proved in Godzilla vs Kong that Earth is hollow, mm-hmm. and there's like a crazy world within our world, right. and um, there's a lot of crazy sci-fi technology used in Godzilla vs Kong for them to explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, none of which was in the trailer for that movie, by the way. It was all just like they're just gonna fight. <laughs> Um, and so that one ends with them becoming friends, uh, because they have to fight Mechagodzilla together. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
King Kong makes like an axe out of one of Godzilla's scales. And um <laughs> sweet. So yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then I think the the big story with the new empire is um Godzilla has been barbified. You know what I'm talking about, Colin? I don't, I don't know what you're talking you about. Yeah, what do, you, what do you mean? At the end of this trailer, Godzilla lights up all pink. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I guess if that's, that's one way of interpreting it. Uh, I love that. Yeah. These must do pretty well. I mean, they must do well because they also have that show. Monarch? Right. Yeah. I feel like Monarch. Wasn't the last one straight to HBO Max? I, that's definitely how well, I was watched at that, it. That time, yeah. So I don't, mm. I don't think anyone knows if they don't know. Did this do well? I guess it said it made four hundred and seventy million dollars at the box office. That must have been worldwide. Uh, yeah. So I guess it was. It was in. It was in that twenty twenty one window where everything on Max was like day and date. Yeah. So you probably could see in theaters, theaters, theaters. If you wanted, or like at drive-ins or whatever. That's all driving money. <laughs> Don't know. Like, I that. think didn't Mortal Kombat also do like good enough that they're making? They are making another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Did they get? They at least it's got. What's the Johnny Cage? Is that the movie star character? Hopefully, they at least got somebody yeah. fun to play him. Right. I'm looking it up. Looking it up. Oh, he got Carl Urban. Yeah, they did a good job casting there. <laughs> I love you, be big piece of shit. But that's at least they got that part right. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I, I can't believe there's these giant monster movies, and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I feel like it's all, also the problem with these Godzilla movies is like, I honestly feel like when he fought Kong, it was a downgrade from the previous one because in the previous one he fought like a shitload of iconic Godzilla monsters, and then just fighting yep. Kong is just oh now it's just an ape. He doesn't have three heads. He's not from space. Or, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's from the Hollow Earth. Um, yeah. I guess they haven't done Mechagodzilla. Maybe he'll probably show up in one of these eventually. No, they did him in the last they movie. They did do him. Like, see, I can't even fucking remember what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Wake up, John! Well, he wasn't paying attention. I, I, I had it on. What going to do with this one? I believe I was playing Tech Mobile on my computer at the same time. <laughs> John missed literally 45 minutes. I just forgot. I forgot. I remember there was a Hollow Earth. I remember. There's a whole sequence where the humans are running away from Mechagodzilla. I I remember it now. It took me a minute. (laughs) Took me a minute to remember the villain of the film. Yeah, I get it. I guess that's pretty bad. I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's also like unfortunate that this came out after uh, Godzilla minus oh, one. Oh yeah, because now I you can be like, see, but you guys both seem to like a whole lot. Yeah, so this is gonna be a huge downgrade. I mean, that's that uh, that movie does what people over here in the states don't understand is like you got to have a good human story, and that's the that's the main part of the movie, and then there's just monster stuff sprinkled on top where these are like all monsters. And then, yep. and then everyone else is like, I'm a government agent, or I work for a secret organization. Like, something that's totally unrelatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, their only motivations, like, every single character has two motivations. One is, don't die, which is not, like, it's relatable, <laughs> but it's, 
but the second motivation is always like I've got to uncover the truth and I just don't like it's so refreshing in Godzilla minus one that they actually have other things going on besides I just need to figure out what the truth is um, also they made Godzilla minus one for 15 million dollars which is probably like a tenth of what the new empire is going to have cost. and it got a visual yeah. effects Oscar nomination is are they going to give this piece of shit the nomination I mean maybe but I doubt it <laughs> I guess, yeah, I don't know. They thought more apes was the answer. Yeah, well, it's just because the ape technology is so good right now. Yeah, we're going to get into that. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Uh, My next pick, it's me, right? I can't remember if that was, yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's you, you're fourth. It was a movie that I almost picked last year, but I'm glad because it didn't come out. (laughs) But now it's coming out. Nice. And that's uh, Love Lies Bleeding, Rose Glass. I thought there might be a chance this is on Sean's list. Is it, Sean? Love Lies with Kristen Stewart? Oh, no. Okay. Just because I know you you also saw uh, Rose Glass's uh, first movie, St. Maud, so maybe you were interested. Uh, but this is her, her, her follow-up, and it's like a thriller about bodybuilding, but it's also like a gay romance thriller. So it looks sounds great. Uh, Kristen Stewart, yeah. and then the bodybuilder character is played by Katie O'Brien, who I guess was on Mandalorian, but I don't remember. It's on a lot of stuff that I've heard of, but I don't remember her. This, as far as I'm concerned, this is the first thing she's ever made. Uh, she, apparently she's also in Quantumania. So. And uh, Agents of... Sh- three episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Your favorite show, Sean. Uh, but yeah, this is just like a like a thriller. It, it, I couldn't tell from the the trailer if it was set in the eighties because it has a, like a sweet eighties bop playing. Um, mm. Ed Harris plays uh, Kristen Stewart's dad, and he has hair that makes him look like the Crypt Keeper. It's a, it's a wild it's a, choice. It's an epic skull. It's an epic skull. It looks great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just have full confidence in Rose Glass just based off the strength of her first movie. And I feel like Kristen Stewart um, makes pretty good choices most of the time. Is she also going to get Jack? For this? No. Doesn't seem. I mean, no. I feel did. like it's better. I've seen the trailer like a bunch of times yeah. for some reason. Uh, well, I feel like if you're seeing anything kind of relatively indie or A24 or whatever, yeah, this will probably pop up. Yep. That's what I've been doing recently. It did already play at Sundance got, and it got really good reviews, so that's, that's cool. Um. Yeah, dude, it's it's it sounds great. It sounds like they nailed it. I'm excited. It's um wild how many of our movies, John and my, the good ones, <laughs> are coming out in the spring. It's all like our April and March, and then there's there's mm, gonna be huge yeah. gaps. <laughs> yeah, you think yeah, we'd have more like oh, this is a November release, but I, I don't feel like the studios have really figured out. I mean, maybe they haven't. I'm just, I'm just forgetting what their big tentpole movies are in in the fall and winter. And I mean, we barely touched the summer yet, so we'll see if we do. Yeah. Uh, I won't be with my next pick because mine is uh, Civil War. We already yeah. Talked about that that guy. It's gonna happen. You ready to fight uh, in Civil War, Sean? <laughs> well, it's funny because people are saying like there's already stuff going on right yeah. now that could be gearing us up for a Civil War in Texas and. Uh, that's uh, that's great. That makes me feel really good every night when I go to bed. They're always trying to secede. 
Let them I leave. feel bad for all the people in That's Austin. true. I feel bad for the yeah. people that are trapped in the sane parts of Texas. All the people working on Richard Linklater movies. Oh gosh. Yeah. Get out get out of there. And they've all they've all signed contracts to be there every year for twenty to years. To do merrily we roll along. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's funny. Um all right, well, we will get into a summer movie with my next pick, my number four pick, which is Twisters, a sequel yeah. to the movie Twister uh, that's happening for some reason. <laughs> uh, not a film that, like, anyone has a lot of high regard, nostalgia for, even, I... I'm flabbergasted by the fact. I mean, it's really just kind of a an example of Hollywood just being like, uh, maybe this is something we'll resurrect and hope people care. Colin, I got like, I got something to tell you about Twisters. What are you gonna tell me, John? I well, first of all, this is almost on my list. Really, I think this is a classic case of what if it's good. I I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe. You never know. I, there isn't a trailer, so I, I don't know what the angle is, really. Okay, well, I, I know what the angle is, and I'm sure it's what John's picking up on, too. What? The director. I know. It's the guy who made Minari, but I just assume it's, the... it's another, like, indie director being plucked out of obscurity to re- direct a big... No, I heard that he position. really wanted to do this and loves the original Did movie. he really? Yeah, and you got Mark Smith writing it. You know, he wrote The Revenant and Overlord and Midnight Sky. I mean, Boys in the Boat was a bit of a, a miss, but for the most part, yeah. and Vacancy, a movie I like. So, I mean, mostly good movies. And I think sure. the cast is exciting, too. Daisy Edgar Jones from, uh, you know, the Marsh, from the, where the Marsh Girl Lives. I can't Where the Crawdads Sing. <laughs> We're the crowd. Glenn Powell, because yeah. he's, he's going to have a monster year. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ramos from, uh, what was he, In the Heights. Brandon Pereira from Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie O'Brien from Love Flies Bleeding. David Cornsweet, the new Superman. Uh, the guy from TV on the radio is in this. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a lot of interesting names. And... I don't know. I mean, how do you? It, it's a pretty simple thing. You just gotta, as long as you have like a good, like human story at the center of it. I feel like this could be a lot of fun because I like, I like Twister. It's not a great mm-hmm. film, but I find it very enjoyable. I feel like this <laughs> has a great chance to be at least as good. All right. If it's even right. as good, I feel like it's a win. <laughs> but I didn't put it on my list. So Fair enough. But I, I thought about it. What if? Right. What if it's good? That's all I'm gonna say. What if it's good? I, it could also be a piece of shit. All right. All right, we're really getting into it now. The number three picks are coming up. We'll start with John. So, for whatever reason, uh, 2024 appears to be the year of the of empires and kingdoms and monarchies. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be a recurring title trend for whatever reason. And it's probably the clunkiest in my number three pick, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it is weird that, like, when I found out they were making this, because I'm like, well, they did a trilogy. Are they starting another trilogy? Or, like, what's... Do they just feel like, oh, those did pretty well. Let's give it another shot. I mean, that's probably why it got made. 
But I will say it is the same writing team that wrote all of those movies. Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. They also recently wrote Avatar 2. So, like, I feel like they have a pretty good handle on what these movies are supposed to be. And, you know, it, it, I, I'm, I find them, like, more compelling, the, the less humans that are, that are in these movies. I love that. They're just all CGI 8 casts. I, I think the humans are probably at a, at a primitive state in this, in this, by the time of this movie. And thank God, because that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, you see, so, you see some primal humans yeah, in like, this one. Yeah, they're, they're cavemen, um, basically. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I just it looks cool. It, it looks like they uh, they put some work into CGI. There's some cool locations. I love that like crashed like ship on the beach where there's that gorilla king who like lives near there, and he's got an electric rod. Um, you know, I'm obviously a huge fan of the original franchise and these newer ones. And I, I, I'm I'm kind of like I would say my only dis- the only thing I'm disappointed is I kind of was hoping they'd be a little more advanced at this point. Like I don't know, have like clothes. <laughs> I'm just I really wanted them to get to like having like ape city where they're like going to their ape jobs yeah. in their business suits. That's what I really want to see. So I wonder if they're probably not going to do that, but I wonder if it's like the next one after this, assuming this does well, will be like 100 years after this one. I mean probably not. But it would be cool. And you know, it it, it would be. It stars people that aren't, you know, super famous, but it doesn't matter. It just as long as they can do the motion capture and like good voices. Like, the guy who stars in this was one of the bullies from the recent It movie. It's like, good for him. Like, it doesn't need to be anyone. You know, you got Kevin Durand, at least, uh-huh. as the evil chimp ruler. So, that works. Right, which, which brings me to my question. Because we know in the original that orangutans are the ruling class of ape society. They're the, they're the elites. Yeah. But in the three prequels so far and the trailer for this fourth prequel, it seems like, A, there are very few orangutan, and B, they're all just, like, helpful advisor friend characters. Yeah. When does it all change, and how do you want that to unfold? Yeah, there was one uh, – there's one orangutan in the trailer who looks like a pretty chill dude. So maybe he's got, like, an evil plan. Super chill. He's like, I'm actually not chill. I actually suck. <laughs> like a heel turn. Because, yeah, it's usually like the bad guys oh. are like a chimp. Or I think uh, the villain in like in the, the second and third one of the, of the last trilogy, I think he was like a – not a chimp, but there's that other kind. Is it a bonobo? Bonobos, a bonobo. Yeah. yeah, so. I guess it's technically our first gor- – well, actually, I said chimp. I think the – but I thought he was a gorilla. I can't remember. I think everyone has been a chimp or a bonobo. All the okay. villains. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I am I am interested to see if they're going to do anything with kind of them like realigning based on what kinds of apes they are, and if they're going to do anything with that. I, I hope they do. That that would be interesting. Uh, but even if it's just a fun adventure movie, like that'll be cool too. I'm fine with that. Mm, yeah. Uh, It'll opens, be pretty no matter. Oh what. no, it doesn't open close to my birthday. They moved it ahead. To uh, to avoid competition with another movie, which I th- we might be talking about in a little bit. Right now, dude, let's talk, talk about, it. about it. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, another bad title, but who cares? Because it'll be fun. Looks awesome. 
So, um, is it bullshit that Anya Taylor-Joy got to just steal the part of Furiosa? Probably. Is it extra bullshit that she got to do it while not shaving her head? Yeah, come on. You gotta shave the head if you're playing Furiosa. That's just part of the deal. But maybe she'll have her head shaved by the end of the movie. Um, this is the crazily long in development uh, prequel to... Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, the fourth Mad Max movie that came out in 2015. So it's been, uh, I'm guessing, almost exactly nine years to the day that uh, Furiosa will come out after Fury Road. And of course, Fury Road took forever to make. And we've talked about that in our 3000 Years of Longing podcast. Go look that up. That's an interesting movie that came out in not the middle of these, (laughs) but pretty close to the release of Furiosa. Um. Who knows what they've done? Uh, the trailer makes it pretty clear that Chris Hemsworth is having a great time getting his chance to play uh, one of these uh, Mad Max, uh, Badlands, Australian bad guys. Um, and, and good for him. Uh, he deserved it. He earned it. And uh, I see that there's like a young Immortan Joe, and I couldn't uh, figure out who plays him. So that'll be uh, maybe a reveal. I don't know. Uh, but the, the story is basically just like, how did Furiosa become a badass? And sure, I'm down. Why not? I love uh, Chris Hemsworth's funny prosthetic nose. Yeah? And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, stop your engines. That's mm-hmm. fun. Looks fun. I mean, I don't know Looks that fun. even in uh, Beyond Thunderdome, which I remember watching it for the first time, at least the first time, like being aware that I was watching it as an adult, <laughs> even thinking, you know, this one mm. is still pretty fun. I know people say this one sucks, but I kind of like it. So I feel like he's so comfortable in this universe. I feel like he can't fuck it up. I feel like he knows the Mad Max world too well to fuck it up. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think yeah. it'll be good. I only didn't put it on my list because I was like, Sean's going to have this. And he did. And, you know, do I think it's going to be better than Fury Road? No. I, but that's okay. Yeah, it can still be sure. fun. Vroom, vroom. Right, Colin? All right. So my number three, I don't know enough about it, I feel like. I, ju- I just found out it's an animated movie, actually. Uh, <laughs> no. I thought it was live action, but, you know. Whatever, it's not going to make much of a difference, I don't think. It's uh, Transformers 1, which is a prequel to the Transformers film series about uh, back when Optimus Prime and Megatron were best of friends and how they became enemies. Uh, Apparently they want to do a trilogy of these movies, I don't know. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I don't even know if this is gonna come out in theaters. Maybe it will. I guess these movies. I think it's supposed to. Money. I think it's supposed to. Yeah, because like the last one still did pretty good, even though. Uh, oh, that was the Beast Wars one, right? I yeah, I remember which, which one was that. Yeah, that was the Beast Wars one. Okay. 
Uh, Rise of the Beast. They got to okay. give us the sequel to that one sooner than later because of how they ended it. You guys know how that movie ends? I've, have we talked about it? No, no, I know nothing about that one. Did you see it, Sean? I can't remember. Or did you almost see no, it? No, but I know how it ends. Do you want to know how it ends, Colin? <laughs> yes. So it's Anthony Ramos, I'll right? never watch you, it. Wait, wait. You can't go back, Colin. Once you know, you're going to have to live with this knowledge. Are you sure? What? What? What could it possibly do to me? Uh, just piss you off. That's all it's going to <laughs> Okay. Yeah, tell me, please. So Anthony Ramos like, goes to like a job interview at the end of the movie mm-hmm. and meets some guy, and he's like, we're part of the, you know, this is a very special place here. And he like, gives him a card, and on the card it's G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may have. I think so. <laughs> They're that, trying actually. to, like, Joe Josie did these now. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Pretty embarrassing. I love it when they do that, and it's like they clearly don't have a plan for this. They just wanted to give you some little tease to make you feel some like little dopamine hit of being like, "Oh, I know what that is." <laughs> and it's like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Transformers uh, one. This reminds me of another. There's another big animated movie coming out that I'm surprised it actually hasn't come up and. I'll bring it up maybe in honorable mentions if it doesn't come up, but we don't get a lot of like animated like uh, like adult. Well, I'm probably not adult, it's, but you know, like ones that aren't like uh, family movies. So that's cool, right. but it's also the Transformers franchise, which sucks. It's just yeah, they've all been pretty much uniformly bad, except I guess Bumblebee. Cast is good, but that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're just doing voice work yeah, I'm, I'm surprised how many of these people we've talked about already yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth Henry Keegan Michael Key yep 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 uh, you know I feel like just putting a Transformers movie on my list is kind of an obligatory thing maybe I should have just left it off no no it's a, tradi- it's it's a tradition yeah, sure <laughs> yeah they're just out there yeah Still making them. Yeah. All right. Well, we are now at number two. Two. My number, number two, two is Nosferatu. Um, yeah. all I, all, of all, course, Nosferatu. Nosferatu. That's why I put it on there. <laughs> My only uh, additional comment is that Willem Dafoe acted opposite 2,000 real rats. So. Whoa. <laughs> Fuck. I'll just leave it at that. Gonna, Somehow I feel like this gonna be isn't good. the first time he's done that. Also, it comes out on Christmas, so how, how, yes. how great! How great is all of this? <laughs> <laughs> they did it, guys. It's, we did it, Joe. Pretty, <laughs> we, did, <laughs> or, we did it, Jim Brandon, <laughs> my fictional president. Uh, okay, then. Do you have anything to add? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, Sean, you're number two. My number two has a number in it as well, and that number is 17, because it's Mickey yeah. 17. The new Bong Joon I knew Sean would come and clutch on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on a book that came out in 2022 about a... Uh, uh, a man named Mickey Seven, named because he's the seventh clone of Mickey. Uh, 
who is uh, surviving on an installation on an alien world. And uh, the fact that Bong Joon-ho is like, we need to make that number much higher <laughs> is exciting to me already, even though I know nothing about this book. <laughs> um, we do know that our, our Mickey 7, or perhaps Mickey 17, uh, is going to be played by Robert Pattinson. Uh, yeah. We also know that Steven Yeun is in it. Yun. And uh, is that how you pronounce it, really? Well, he only won a billion awards for beef this year. Go, go uh, well, I watched zero award shows. Sean year. hates awards. My bad. <laughs> Sean's, um, a, Sean's like a boober. Yeah, like, you, you get your participation trophy. <laughs> so, Tony Collette and uh, and Mark Ruffalo also in this. Mark Ruffalo uh, has a great character name of Hieronymus Marshall. That's a great name. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Obviously, Bong Joon-ho. uh little bit of pressure on him right now because uh, he's coming off Parasite. And his, um, was it, did he win Best Director and Best sure Picture? sure did. Is that right? So that's pretty cool. And screenplay. Uh, and I've been slowly, slowly working through that filmography of his. I mean, you got to stretch out those Criterion months somehow. Sure. Right? Um, so maybe, maybe this year I'll get around to Barking Dogs Never Bite. Who knows? Uh, this comes out, uh, I think just... This year. Well, they, I, I think they think took they it out of it. March because of um, the King Kongs and the. Oh, uh, I can't even freaking not remember the name of that movie to save my life. Godzilla X Kong. Kong. The, the new empire. The new batch. The new um, yeah, the new so I, I think they didn't want it to compete with that, but also I think they're probably confident enough to where like we can put this anywhere. Maybe we can put it closer to Oscars. Sure. Well, why not? So I wouldn't be worried by the fact that they took it off the calendar. I would actually feel like that's a good thing. They're confident that this can do well, so they want to find a good spot. Should you guys see that other sci-fi movie that Robert Pattinson did? Didn't he do like a oh, High Life movie? Really? Yeah, yeah, High Life. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, I saw that. Autumn and I watched it for the first time bad. like a week ago, and it is upsetting. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. I it's pretty good, but it's like everything it. about it is sad. <laughs> it, it makes me realize I will never want. I never want to go to space. Is the scariest, most depressing place in the world. I was gonna say in the world. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking downer. Space is scary. Good movie, but oh my god. <laughs> he's great though. Love him, and he's been making pretty good choices too. Him and Case do both post Twilight. They have, have great careers. Yeah. Uh, very excited. But will Colin's next pick get a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> yeah, it's got a pretty good chance, I think. Uh, so my number two is the Garfield movie. Um, <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit. Yeah, so did you guys watch the trailer for this? I did. And yeah. uh, you love how the trailer, like, tricks you into thinking it's a good movie they trick you into thinking it's a pixar short yeah it looks like a pixar short where you see little baby garfield in the rain just uh needs needs a home and then he walks over to a pizza place where john's sitting alone and then he lets him into the pizza shop and it's got you know this nice like quaint little like pixar-esque score in the background 
and then he gives him a slice of pizza and you're like oh this is is this good and then mm-hmm. garfield opens his mouth well no he eats the whole pizza then he opens his mouth and it's chris pratt and then he eats all the food in the pizza place and he's like ugh gotta eat my food or whatever shit he says and then and then the whole rest of the trailer is just like oh yeah this is just wacky animated garbage just garfield doing his garfield hijinks nothing new same old shit (laughs) it looks like crap why is chris pratt the go-to voice actor now it's yeah it just looks chris pratt the voice of man the voice of man and cats, apparently. Well, man cats. Man cats. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to say about this one. <laughs> it, just, it just is a... Oh, yeah, and then the other thing at the end of the trailer, it, it's like, um, is your cat wacky? Send your videos uh, to us. And it gives you like a QR code that's on the screen. Uh, so got some like viral marketing shit in there too. Uh, just, just an awful trailer. Uh, although to be honest, there's one joke in it that I was like, that's, that's kind of funny actually. Cause apparently the movie is about Garfield and his dad. It's a family affair. Uh, and there's one part where they're like on a speeding train and Garfield's dad's like, have you ever jumped off of a speeding train before? And Garfield goes, I've never jumped that feels very like, much like something in the old strip, yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, looks real. Good. I mean, I'm just glad we finally get to hear the origin of Garfield's dad. <laughs> We're getting a lot yeah. of films this year that are answering questions that we never asked. Like, don't you want to know, like, Mufasa was like, I don't so care about any of these things. Prequels, yeah. No one cares. <sighs> honestly though like the chris pratt thing is still the most infuriating part of it it's like the worst it's like the absolute like if there's any if there's ever been a human that i would describe as having golden retriever energy it's chris pratt and to play make him play a cranky cat right like you couldn't fuck up worse (laughs) but i think this movie probably will do well or fine because you know i Mm -hmm. garfield people know the name kids like cute animals you know his name you know (laughs) you know his name i this movie has an even better tagline remember it's just he gets bigger (laughs) comes out Ooh, this comes out uh the same weekend as furiosa interesting Uh, Uh, my birthday weekend or at least the week the weekend before my birthday um i do like harvey gann as odie because uh, even though he played pretty much the same part in that Puss in Boots movie, and that's I, uh, I'm sure a thousand billion times better. <laughs> you heard me. You heard it here, guys. A thousand billion times. <laughs> One thousand billions. <laughs> I don't even know how much that is. <laughs> it's a billion, a thousand times. Is that a quadrillion? I, th- that's I think so. It's a quadrillion oh. times better. Uh, hey Nicholas Holt though, that guy's getting that guy's getting work. He's everywhere. He's uh, I don't think we're gonna talk about his. Uh, are we gonna talk about juror number two? Did I just spoil any someone's picks? Probably Clint Eastwood's well, last. Getting into number one. So. 
I guess I'll do my. I'll save it. You know, what? I mean, I'm no, I'm not gonna talk about juror number two. We'll talk. About, we'll talk about it in the future on some shape or form. Uh, I I better just sure. I, yeah I gotta wrap this up. I get to my number one. Yeah, my, here we my go. number one, kind of an anticlimactic number one, but a very John pick. You guys would be like, ah, yes, of course. Doesn't have a release yeah, date yet, too. but I'm pretty sure it's been done for a little while. And that is Ty West Maxine, the uh, the the, yeah. the end of the X trilogy. X go and give it to you. <laughs> they, they didn't use that in the advertising. I don't know why I said that. Oh. Uh, but these movies have been so great. I mean, you had, you had X, which was this great, like, kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre type throwback. And then Pearl, which was even better. Mia Goth is so good in that movie, this weird, like, psycho character study. I really think that's why David Corn Sweat got the Superman role, because James Gunn's a horror guy. He probably saw him in that and was like, hell yeah. And now Maxine, which is the character uh, of Maxine from the first movie from X... It's now into the 80s, and she's working in the porn industry. And, man, what a cast. You got Elizabeth Debicki as a film director. You got Michelle Monaghan and Bobby Cannavale as cops. Lily Collins, Halsey, Giancarlo Esposito as uh, an agent for the adult film industry, and Kevin Bacon as a, as a P.I. Uh, uh, only bad thing is I heard recently there was some controversy where some guy is suing the movie because he claims... Mia um, Goth kicked him in the head during a scene. Some extras pissed at this movie and suing it. So, well, I don't know. I don't know any more about that. I won't speak on that until I more know. I know more. I'm talking like Yoda over here. <laughs> <laughs> I will speak on this when I more know. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, you not really. Stay. A lot from Yoda. <laughs> Yoda should have a podcast. Mm, that would be good. Clip, Jamie, will you play? He's trying to do Joe Rogan. He's like, Jamie, can you play that? <laughs> That's like a f- weird, like, conservative like podcast. No. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> just asking questions. <laughs> I do not claim to know all, but I know much. <laughs> I think we're getting way too much Taylor Swift at football games. Hmm. <laughs> But I will speak on this when more I know. Uh, Max. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Maxine will be good. The other ones are good. Ty West is on a hot streak. Nia Goss on a hot streak with these uh, movies. Uh, probably come out close to Halloween, I would bet. So, so you think this was done? You think this was going to come out last year? And they're like, "Oops." Uh, yeah, I think it was. Because they 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 turned that that second one around like like instantly. They, they make these movies super yeah. fast. I don't know if... Those both came out in Yeah, you know, obviously this one is a new location. Like, those first two movies... I think they shot them, like, back-to-back, actually. But they're all, it was in the same, like, area. Uh, this is different. This is, like, in Hollywood in the 80s. So... We'll see. Uh, there hasn't really even been much of a trailer. There's, like, a teaser trailer. That's it. All right. The, the big number one. Yeah, speaking of Hollywood in the 80s, uh, that's where they tried to make the whole story of Dune with <laughs> David Lynch, and it didn't work out. Um, and so they tried it again in the 2020s, and so far, halfway into it, it's been going pretty good. And we've been speculating on the, the new cast of, of Dune Part 2 for a while, and we were all, I think, pretty pleased 
with the additions of Christopher Walken and Florence Pugh and Austin Butler. Although personally, I think he's wearing like too much makeup. I don't think you need to turn into a bald monster man to be <laughs> fade. Um, I've been excited about these Dune movies for a long time. Uh, this was my most anticipated movie last year before it slipped away. Um, I do think it's kind of funny that both Dude movies have like each had like 50 release dates. Like, I don't know what it is about this franchise, but there's just never the right time to put it out. Um, but I'm hope I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Uh, the trailer was, was sweet. I hope it's a hit. Uh, Denis Villeneuve has made it pretty clear that he would like to also adapt Dune Messiah as a third movie to kind of close the Paul Muad'Dib trilogy out. Uh, I think that's a great idea um, and and will help people uh, better relate to the story that Frank Herbert wanted us to to, to all understand, right? Because that's, that's the big thing, is he wrote Dune Messiah because he thought everyone misunderstood the ending of the first <laughs> Dune book. Wow. Um, so that'd be pretty cool. And um, I hope all book fans remember to keep an open mind. Remember that this is not replacing the book. It's not replacing the David Lynch book movie. You can see that still. It's not going away. They're just trying to make a thing that's entertaining for people uh, that maybe helps bring some of the images that existed in your mind for a long time to the big screen. And I'm here for it. And uh, I want to see this like a lot of times at theaters to try to get that <laughs> third one. So, um, so I can have Dune Messiah on my most anticipated list in 2026 and 2027 and then finally 2028 yeah. when it comes out. Great pick. Um, Sean, we fucked up. <laughs> I think there's two pretty big, uh, interesting movies. One feels like a Sean movie. One feels like a John movie that neither of us picked. We'll get it. I guess we'll get into it when, after Colin's pick. But yeah, maybe I'll Colin's tell you the one picked. that I was surprised that you didn't pick. And the one that I didn't pick, okay. I don't know why I thought you might pick it. And now I'm like, why the fuck didn't I put it on my list? I'm an idiot. But we'll get into those. Okay. Uh, so Colin, tell us about I'm... the movie that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an exciting okay. time for teasers two hours into the podcast okay so then we'll do honorable mentions after we get through <laughs> my number one yeah Should okay. we? Yeah, that's probably makes more sense right sure instead of honorable mentions we'll just call it oops Sean honorable yeah. mentions oops because I got some too oops okay I got a big I got a big old oops but I have a reason why uh, it, it might yeah. I might have dodged a bullet Sure. Um, okay, so my number one is a three-way tie for first. It is uh, Craven the Hunter, Madam Great. Web, Great. and Venom 3. <laughs> yeah. The Spider-Man villains universe that uh, is like the kind of... Maybe I'm forgetting something. Are these the only big deal superhero movies coming out this year? I guess Aside there's Deadpool from, yeah, 3. Deadpool. Deadpool 3. Uh, but yeah, no big Marvel movies. Just these fucking Spider-Man villains that no one <sighs> cares about. I mean, Venom 3, like, whatever. It'll it'll. I mean, it probably won't be that offensive. Yeah, that we yeah, saw that right, first exactly. one. It was fine. Not bringing anything that new to the table, but Tom Hardy's having a good time, I guess. Uh, but Madam Web, like I feel like you guys even were like, I don't know who that is, and you guys, you guys know comic book. I characters mean, we, I at least well. I know her as an old lady who sits in a chair 
on the Spider-Man mm. cartoon show. <laughs> yeah. Not as Dakota Johnson leading a super team. She's got a team, yeah. She's putting a team together. Well, except it's funny because, like, because she's not a superhero like that. I remember they're like set photos leak of Dakota Johnson in her superhero outfit, and it's like her in like jeans and a leather jacket because she just like that's not the type of superhero she's playing. She's playing a psychic person who's like a medic, mm-hmm. like she like works in a ambulance, right? Uh, and then the Craven the Hunter trailer is out. Uh, looks like it's one of those superhero movies where it's like, this one's got violence in it, because we got a Red Band oh. trailer. He's killing the shit out of people. And it's like, <laughs> they did that in Deadpool. And the thing about Deadpool that I guess kind of made it work is like, even though the violence was like... Uh, very kind of intense. It was like he's doing it with a little smirk on his face. You know, he's, uh, I don't know. There's a self-awareness and charmingness to that character, which I didn't even like love that movie, but at least you were kind of on his side because he's uh, a unique superhero. But Craven the Hunter, oh God, he's played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. I feel like has never had any personality on screen for me. Uh, so just watching him just like brutally kill guys is like, what, why, why is this something we need to watch? Um, and he honestly, as an actor, may be less compelling for me than Jared Leto, who started Morbius, one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, not big... Not not high hopes for that one, or at Madam Web, which are the two that we have trailers for. Uh, I can't remember what's going on in Venom Three, but uh, I assume another symbiote. Yeah, probably. Probably. Like, what that. else is there? I would love I to know, know if there's any you. information on that, like, any like plot details on Venom Three. Uh, I'm kind of scrolling. Probably another through. like huge passion project for Tom Hardy for some reason. <laughs> He loves doing it. Yeah, I don't think they've given any specifics. So Not that I know. Not anyways. really. No. Um, let's see where to start. Uh, let me. I'm gonna start with Craven <laughs> real uh, first. Uh, I don't have much to say about Venom Three. Yeah, because I don't think we know much about it. Just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. But I guess that's a thing. Craven. I think we even touched on this briefly on our Morbius podcast. It's bizarre how this got the R when it seems like they fucked up. Like, Morbius should have been the R. It's a horror movie about yeah. a vampire. but And then they <laughs> fucked up and they made it bad. <laughs> they made it bad. We made it bad. <laughs> so now it's like, we got to make Craven like, unique in one way. It's like, okay, we'll make it R, which is what we should have done with the last one. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really befit the character for it to be R. It's just R for no particular reason. They brought in J.C. Shandor, which is sad because he could do so much better than this, but I get it. You know, you gotta, like, money, money's money. I'm sure he'll <laughs> use this to make something better after this. Um, I, I do think it's very funny, and if I recall, I only watched the trailer once a long time ago, but I feel like it, near the end of the trailer, Alessandro Nivola had, like, a vial or something he's, like, gonna turn into, like, because he plays Rhino, oh, but he's, like, gonna yeah. turn into a Rhino monster. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. sounds funny. Chris, Chris the Rabbit, uh, 
big year for him. Wow. As wow. Foreigner. I'm looking at him. I'm looking him up, and it looks just like Punisher. I don't really get what this character is. Yeah. But I, it does have Russell Crowe, so he will be doing what I assume is a Russian accent. So that's funny. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's important. <laughs> His accent era is Craven, my son. Yep. <laughs> I don't like that. You you've got it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that one just more of looks boring. Madam Web yeah. looks a lot like a Morbius. Madam Web looks embarrassing. Right. Everyone's been talking about that line about like my mother studied Black Widow spiders in the Amazon. I can't remember the exact line, but <laughs> the most like embarrassing piece of dialogue anyone's ever had to say. Well, there's the two the two funny things about Madam Web that I know of. Um, one is that they we're gonna bring Andrew Garfield back for this and then later like no this movie's not good enough for Andrew Garfield. <laughs> um, and number two is recently Dakota Johnson has been doing press for it and she's like we shot this whole thing on green screen I have no idea how good this movie is it could be terrible <laughs> like she's just she's already like disowning yeah, it it's not right. even come out yet she's not selling us on, on it at all she doesn't have any confidence in it when she speaks about it Yeah, and I don't know. There's like there's like two different Spider Women or something. Adam Scott's in there, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not on Valentine's Day. Like I don't. Know. What, are, what are they? What are they trying to do? Yeah. They think women want to see this. <laughs> the posters have been their Boyfriends to see this. No one wants to see this. <laughs> um, yeah. And it just hurts so bad because the Spider Verse movies are so good. True. I don't understand why they don't do other Spider-Men. Can they not? Are they not allowed? To, they must not be allowed to do that. They, do like Ben I mean, Riley Spider-Man it's, it's, or something, or I don't know. It's or they're just like people be confused, but I don't think they'd be confused anymore. It really just looks like they've made Morbius too. <laughs> they learned nothing. <laughs> what are they fucking doing? And who who directed this one? Someone who just well, it's their uh, first what? movie. They're just, they're like she's like a TV director. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great great one to start with, I guess. Screenplay. I know these names: Matt Shazama and Burt Sharpless. Of course, they uh, they wrote Morbius. Okay, so we got we got good <laughs> people on this and Gods of Egypt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so they got a good they got a good writing team at least they got mm-hmm. some some guys that got some credits that's for sure right i just don't even get how someone can like sit down in a meeting with a straight face like madam webb is gonna be a movie people want to see <laughs> i don't get it makes no financial um, sense to me but it must maybe there's like a like a scam somehow going on here that i don't understand <laughs> There's like a producer's type scam going on here. I, yeah, it's really hard to understand their thinking because, to your point, they could like if if they thought it was important to not have another Peter Parker, they could have had a live action Miles Morales or one of the many other clones and alternate Spider-Mans like Ben Riley. 
they could have also done like Spider-Man's allies as as their own. Like Black Cat, I feel like is the obvious one. Um, if you're gonna make a Catwoman like movie, like like Madame Web might be, or uh, sorry, or or even just Spider Woman solo Spider Woman, not two Spider. Why yeah. do they have like a team of Spider Women so they can spin off and have different? Like people always think you gotta introduce all your characters right off the bat so you can get ready for the spinoffs. No, you fucking build it piece by piece. Just do a Spider Woman movie. Why would we do Madam Web? She's an old lady. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the, any other like popular like like maybe comic like old characters like. I don't know. They're like physically old because obviously there's lots of like immortal characters but people that are just like i'm old let's make an uncle ben movie <laughs> uncle ben <laughs> the it's origins like, of uncle yeah. ben <laughs> that reminds me how they made that show that's like pennyworth it's like batman's butler when he was younger yeah, yeah uncle ben when he's like he's like a he's like actually secretly a spy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well what i'm remembering is that um people didn't pick up that it was a Batman show because it was called Pennyworth. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, what what John was saying is, like, the actual title. Like, they, the, it came out as Pennyworth, but then in, like, season two, they're like, it's Pennyworth, colon, the origin of Batman. Yeah, they actually <laughs> changed it to the worst title, to the funniest <laughs> title of all time. It's like, nobody was watching it. Like, no, 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 but guys, it's the guy. It's, 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 the, it's Alfred. Oh, but you don't know his last name's Pennyworth. Oh, but you don't know that means he's Batman's butler. Um. But I love that you got them in a, in a three-way tie here, because they deserve they deserve this. It's this just spot. you know part of it's it's like they're they somehow managed to make a uh, a superhero universe even less appealing than the DC universe. <laughs> uh, Speaking of, where's that Penguin show? Oh yeah, come on, where is it? Come on. <laughs> But now we're getting this horrible web of horrible movies. Mm-hmm. They're trying to catch us. We're too smart. They think we're yep. a bunch of flies. No, we're a bunch of spider people. So no superhero movies on my list. No superhero movies on John's list. And just one, but it's a three-way it's three-way tie. Way tie. <laughs> Makes um, up for it. I guess I can go through my honorable mentions. Okay. One of them is Joker Fadafafa. Right. It actually was my number 10 until uh, I saw the trailer for the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Um, Also, I didn't ever see Joker, and it seems like it's like you guys said it wasn't a bad movie. It's just maybe it was talked about more than it deserved to be. Yeah. It's like closer um, to a three-star movie, honest. It's like really well made. It's just like I don't understand why it was made. Right, and I, honestly, I kind of like Lady Gaga as an actress. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if what she's doing in House of Gucci is good, but it, it was fun to watch for me. <laughs> and I'm guessing she'll be going big in this. But it's also kind of like, well, what? Why do we need that when we had Margot Robbie playing? Uh, Harley Quinn and doing it well. There's a funny um, tweet from James Gunn where someone's like, um, are you going to continue having Margot Robbie play um, Harley Quinn? And he's like, well, 
we don't have any plans for Harley Quinn right now. And it's like dot, 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 except for obviously Lady Gaga is playing her and <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco is playing her in the TV show. And like he like lists like six projects that all have Harley Quinn like right now that are still actively in development. Yeah. He's just she's just not using or he's just not using her yet in his DC. Yeah, right. She's clearly a very popular character. Uh, so my other honorable mentions was uh, if which stands for imaginary friend from the imagination of John Krasinski. <laughs> uh, also, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. I kind of thought maybe it would make John's list because I know. I feel like fan. people uh, think I like that last one more than I do. I liked it, but I don't. Come on, I don't love Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, well, okay. It just it was, uh, it was a surprise. It was better than I thought. Yeah, they're making uh, Despicable Me Four. I don't have anything to say about that. Who gives a shit? Uh, and then also, I kind of wanted to talk about the movie Argyle just because I think it's funny that people think it was written by Taylor Swift yeah, that's secretly. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it actually was. Uh, and it doesn't look horrible. It looks like something Sean might oh, see. I've got bad news for you. Yeah. It's getting slammed oh, by critics. No. It comes out this week. Not Argyle. People, <laughs> people hate Argyle. Oh, no. But the kitty's so cute. Well, Apparently that's part of the problem. Gonna have to... People are saying Argyle looks like the entire thing was shot on like a soundstage. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, it, this is a spy movie. You can't do that. The whole point of these is to go to a bunch of locations. And they did. Yeah. It's got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. <laughs> Our good friend Argyle. Yeah. So I maybe I should have put any of these on my list since apparently Twisters is going to be great. Uh, this, I just said, what if it's good? It no, you convinced me. What honestly. if it's good? I've said what if it's good about some movies that haven't. I would Venom was a what if it's good, and I don't think it's yeah. that good. So yeah. I, I'm trying to. I feel like I did give a what if it's good to something that did turn out. Eh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I said that Sonic is fine. I don't know. Twisters, <laughs> I feel confident about though. I feel like that's a confident right. what if it's good. Not a confident it's good. A con- um, confident what if. We'll see. John John is the one that said we fucked up, so I want to yep. keep, keep oh yeah him on ice a little longer <sighs> because I don't I I genuinely don't know what it is. I just want to very quickly say there are three movies that I had on here. I just bet one of substitutions. Them is if I had if I had too many in common, <laughs> John, <laughs> and I don't think I can't imagine any of them are it. Okay, um, because the first one is Deadpool three. Um, what if it's good? I don't know. Uh, the second one is. Drive Away Dolls, uh, which is uh, Ethan Cohen right. as as a solo director, and and I think writer as well. Um, maybe he wrote it with someone else. I don't remember because uh, I wasn't gonna put put it on my list. Um, and and then just like for me, if if you had the same pick as me, super early on, I was gonna talk about Gladiator too because mm. there's a chance. I and I've seen like most of the current era of Ridley Scott movies, and I've like genuinely. <laughs> had a pretty good time with them uh but i i say that as someone who comfortably skipped house of gucci and has no idea what the hell happened there so <laughs> okay so here's where we i mean we maybe we didn't fuck up and maybe these are both suck but there's like they're ones i'm just surprised didn't come up the one that i i'm surprised i didn't put on my my list I don't know why I thought Sean might pick. I guess I just I envisioned Sean like scrolling down the the films coming out like you know in the year or whatever. But I'm thinking oh, I'll probably have a release date though. 
or maybe you don't even care that much, but I just feel like it could also not be that good. And that's Megalopolis, Francis Ford Coppola's mm. science fiction drama with Adam Driver and Forrest Whitaker, where he's like right. an architect. Forrest, Forrest Whitaker's like an old school architect. Adam Driver's like a future architect. But then again, it's like Coppola hasn't made a good movie in a long time, and they all shot it on the volume, so it could also look really stupid. Yeah. Um, but it is really like interesting that he's like so into this. You know, he wrote it himself. He, he sold like uh, one of his vineyards to 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 fund this thing. It's got a great cast. Um, Jason Schwartzman just never stops working. He's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's an awesome cast. So like that was one I I think is pretty interesting, but. Yeah, I don't know. The one that I thought Sean might put on here, I guess it's not a fuck up because it's probably not going to be that good. But I was reading about it, and it sounds pretty cool the more I read about it. And that's that animated Lord of the Rings movie that's coming out, The uh, War of Rorum. Just because it's like they got an anime guy. This is a theatrical, hand-drawn, animated Lord of the Rings movie with a great cast, Brian Cox, Miranda Otto. And um, I just thought that sounded so cool. The more I read about it, and like the the the, the artwork that they've released is really good. And the, you know they're releasing around Christmas time. I was like, oh, that seems like it'll be on Sean's list. Uh, but no, I guess not. But again, like it's not like that Rings of Power show was really compelling anyone to keep watching it. So yeah, I mean that's the thing for me is, um, I just don't have any faith in Lord of the Rings as a property right now. Because, and and I'm someone who thought Rings of Power was fine and also beautiful, kind of like um, the creator. <laughs> like the less you pay attention, the more you'll enjoy it. Um, I I'm just not very excited about. Also, you know me, I can't get into. Hey, it's a prequel. I mean, I, I can't keep just... the, keep the timeline straight at any of that shit, especially when it's like two hundred and sixty one. <laughs> that's such a long chunk of time that like I don't I don't care enough. Yeah, I guess that's true. I do think it's cool that it's hand drawn fantasy movie, and they brought in an anime guy to direct it, like a guy who worked on Akira, is directing this movie. So it sounds cool. Yeah, and uh, and Miranda Otto means it's connected to the good Lord of the Rings movies too. Yeah, she's playing Yo Yo and. And Brian Cox's Helm Hammerhead, Hammerhand. Yeah, one of the coolest names in the world. <laughs> All right. A name that is just three nouns strung together. I'm trying to think if I have any other honorable mentions that are worth bringing. Because there's a couple that's like, I don't, I have them written down here. I don't remember what they're about. But I remember when I read about them, they sounded cool. I guess David Lowery has a new movie like about a pop star played by Anne Hathaway, Mother Mary. That sounds good. Uh, Dev Patel is with um, Monkey Paw Studios is doing John Wick in India. It's called Monkey Man. They released the trailer to that. Look, looks Man. pretty good. Um, Abigail. I did have Hitman in my honorable mentions. And then uh, I put on my list last year, so I didn't put it on this year. I saw the TV glow. Played at Sundance. Big hit. I'm very excited for mm. it. But I had it on my mm. list last year. So. It's also uh, Beetlejuice two coming out. Beetlejuice two, yeah, too many unknowns about that. I feel like I feel like more Who than knows? likely Beetlejuice two would be like, eh, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's probably not gonna be that bad. It's probably not gonna be that good. Sure, mildly pleased. Ma- yeah, maybe mildly pleased nominee if it's lucky. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, and also for uh, Colin, you should have had the first omen. That movie looks terrible. <laughs> 
Oh, what was that? It's a prequel to The Omen. It's the first Omen. Ah. Is there a trailer? There is a trailer. We saw it at Poor Things. <laughs> All right. Just don't think about Should've it. Should have told me just about it. Just like, it just looked boring. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, well, that's probably good. I don't think most yeah. people know. And when it comes out, like, that that happened? Oh, okay. Right. Does it help that Neon is also doing a nun, like a nun themed horror movie like around the same time <laughs> with Sydney Sweeney? But that one looks better. So. Yeah. There you go. No. Well, we did it. We talked about thirty movies that are coming out in twenty twenty four, and then we talked about some more movies that are coming out in twenty twenty four. Are you not entertained? That's a Gladiator reference, because Gladiator 2 is coming out in 2024. Uh, if you were entertained, though, it would be great if you uh, looked up more of our stuff. We have uh, mollypolice.com, which is a good way to like find everything, including just like blog posts and shit. And, and also, you can just look uh, Miley Please up on uh, iTunes or the other stuff. Although I would recommend iTunes because Spotify keeps removing our podcast because of copyright infringement. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Should I put um, public domain music in our podcast now? No, I mean, they're deleting old episodes of stuff. Oh, okay. So it's like, what are we going to do? Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the deal with 2024. And we're all hoping it'll be better than it sounds. <laughs> so keep your fingers crossed. And your eyes locked to moundlyplease.com and your ears open because we're going to speak to you in the future. I don't know when. When the pit comes back. In like, I don't know, March or something? See you then. Bye.